just moments away from the NOAA.com Prep Game of the Week. We will be with you momentarily. You are just moments away from the NOAA.com Prep Game of the Week. We will be with you momentarily. Just moments away from the NOAA.com Prep Game of the Week. We will be with you momentarily. Just moments away from the NOAA.com Prep Game of the Week. We will be with you momentarily. You are just moments away from the NOAA.com Prep Game of the Week. We will be with you momentarily. Just moments away from the NOAA.com Prep Game of the Week. We will be with you momentarily. You are just moments away from the NOAA.com Prep Game of the Week. We will be with you momentarily. Just moments away from the NOAA.com Prep Game of the Week. We will be with you momentarily. Just moments away from the NOAA.com Prep Game of the Week. We will be with you momentarily. You are just moments away from the NOAA.com Prep Game of the Week. We will be with you momentarily.
are just moments away from the NOAA.com Prep Game of the Week. We will be with you momentarily. Just moments away from the NOAA.com Prep Game of the Week. We will be with you momentarily. You are just moments away from the NOAA.com Prep Game of the Week. We will be with you momentarily. New Orleans High School Baseball is on the air live today from McMurray Park in Sulphur, Louisiana. It's the Division I State Championship Baseball game between the third-seeded St. Paul's Wolves and the fourth-seeded Rummel Raiders. Hello, everybody. I am Jim Derry for NOAA.com, and we are so glad to wrap up our fifth season of presenting live high school sports to you on the air here today from Sulphur. Today it'll be... Uh, of uh, a matchup between two teams who won in absolutely dramatic fashion on Sunday night, on Sunday afternoon and night here on Mother's Day. And the Rummel Raiders won 4-3. to three. It, it, uh, it looked like it was going to be their game the whole way. They were leading 4 to nothing, going to the top of the seventh inning against top-seeded Catholic and needed to sweat out uh, the bottom of the seventh inning, allowing as Jackson Denny's went to distance. He allowed three runs in that seventh inning. Coach Nick Monica stayed on, stayed with his ace, and it paid off. As a, with a man on third base, he was able to get out of it, and uh, the rumble advanced here for St. Paul's. It was a little bit different route, although not all that different. They scored three runs in the first inning against third-seeded Brother Martin, and Brother Martin clawed their way back, ended up tying the score uh, in the fourth inning, and then uh, to make it three to three. St. Paul scored a run in the top of the fifth inning to make it 4-3, to three, and then they had to hold on in dramatic fashion. Uh, Jacob Shearer, the starter for St. Paul's, had reached his 115-pitch maximum with two outs in the sixth inning. He struck out two batters before departing. Connor Simon, the ace, uh, the ace closer, came in uh, and struck out a batter to end the sixth, but to start the bottom of the seventh inning, he allowed a leadoff walk to Brady Faust on a, a couple of 3-2 pitches. Brady Faust reached on a walk. Then the pitcher, uh, Brennan Stuprich, doubled down the line, uh, put runners at second and third. Mick Nunez intentionally walked Trey Morgan to load the bases with nobody out. St. Paul's with a 4-3 lead. And Connor Simon, as many a closer will do at any level, struck out the side in dramatic fashion. Two looking, one swinging to end the game, four to three. Both scores four to three. Both of these co teams come in with uh, obviously coming in a state championship game, coming in with a lot of momentum. Rummel, uh, you know, for Rummel, they had uh, they were at a, sp a spot where they had lost uh, ten of eleven and fell to fifteen and twelve on April eleventh, and, and then they swept. St. Augustine swept Jesuit to end the regular season. 
And then they uh, moved on and advanced past Bird uh, in the quarterfinals. Excuse me, that's that's an old one. That's my old sheet. Uh, they advanced past John. Uh, no, they advanced past Bird. Okay, I had that right. Advanced past Bird in the quarterfinals with uh, two games to none, winning five to two, winning eleven to eight before they defeated Catholic and winning that one four to three. So the Raiders are in quite a roll, and so are the St. Paul's Wolves as they went into the second round uh, or the they had a buy in the second round, and then they defeated Evangel in the quarterfinals, two games to none. Had a struggle in that first game. Jacob Shearer, the ace who won uh, Sunday night, struggled in that early on in that Evangel game. What was trailing five to one, and then some, the light switched, and you could tell that it was changing. And Shearer went on and won that one seven to five. And the today's starter, uh, Jacob Boudreau, won the second game eleven to nothing. Well, we are about to announce the starting lineups here on the field, uh, and when we get to the national anthem, we'll take a break. But First, I will give you the starting lineups as I have them, and both of them are pretty similar to the ones that played on Sunday night. For the four-seeded Romo Raiders, coming in with a record of 22-12. and 12. Uh, Batting leadoff, the left fielder, Lance Johnson. Batting second, the designated hitter, Cade Rivera. Third, the third baseman, Ron Franklin. Batting cleanup, the second baseman, Kyle Walker. In right field, the right field, excuse me, in right field, batting fifth, Chandler Fields. Batting sixth is the shortstop, Tyler Cook. The catcher is batting seventh, who did such a magnificent job on Sunday on the mound, Jackson Denny's. Batting eighth is the first baseman, Logan Bertuzzi. And batting ninth for the Raiders, number eight, Stephen Powers in center field. The pitcher for Rummel today with a record of five and two is Matt Villa. For St. Paul's, leading off as he always does, the second baseman, Kyle McLaughlin. Batting second and playing center field, Nick Vitale. In left field, it's William Duncan. The cleanup hitter for the Wolves is first baseman, number 23, Matthew Russo. Once again, in the, in the five hole, switching with Jacob Shearer, is the designated hitter, Nick Wright. Batting sixth and playing shortstop is Connor Simon. At third base, batting seventh again after such a magnificent performance the other night. Five and two thirds, Jacob Shearer is at third base. Batting eighth is the catcher, Kyle Canigliaro. And batting ninth, the right fielder, Bo Nealis. Pitching for St. Paul's today with a six and zero record and again, that 11-0 victory in the quarterfinals in the second game of the quarterfinals with clinching game is Jacob Boudreaux. Well, for the Raiders, somebody's going to win their first state title of the century, of the, of the decade, the century. It's been a while, put it that way. Uh, St. Paul's last won it in 1999 when Rick Malden was the coach and current coach Mick Nunez was an assistant on his staff. For Nicky Monica, he's trying to get the Raiders their first championship since 1997. The Raiders have five state championships, 74, 81, 87, 89, and the aforementioned 97. It's the last baseball game as coach for Nick Monica, who will move on and focus solely on football after this game is over, taken over for the legendary and now athletic director, Jay Roth. The coaches are speaking on the field 
and in a moment we will have a baseball for you. We're going to stay here until they get to the national anthem because we are going to take a, our final break when we get there and uh, and uh, come back with you for baseball. But you know, it's a little different for uh, for me today without a partner. It's been a while since I've done a game with without a partner, so. Uh, bear with me. I hope we uh, we make it as entertaining as it was Sunday night. I thank Buddy Turnage for uh, for joining us uh, on Sunday night. The Westminster coach and athletic director. He couldn't be with us today. Uh, his daughter Samantha is uh, is graduating uh, eighth grade, and so he'll he'll be uh, away from us today. So I'll go solo. Maybe we'll have a guest on during the uh, during the broadcast. Maybe not. I have invited. Wayne Stein to come on. Uh, I'm not sure when St. Charles is leaving, but I invited Wayne Stein to come on if he wants to. Uh, the St. Charles Comets, congratulations to those Comets. They won their first state championship after being the bridesmaid for six uh, six other times. They were runners, state runners up in baseball. Well, no longer they have they got that off of their shoulders. The St. Charles Comets defeated the six-seeded St. Charles Comets defeated top-seeded University today in the opener here on Field 41 by a score of seven to four. Uh, it was uh, it was a great day for uh, Nick Lorio. Pitched all the way through, made it a complete game, 113 pitches. He could have had one more batter and then he would have had to come out, but he he pitched uh, again 113 pitches. Made it through, gave up a couple runs in that seven. Uh, one of them, I think, was on nerves from some defense in the outfield. But uh, hey, he did a great job. Uh, hats off to Nick Lorio, the starting pitcher for St. Charles, uh, and Wayne Stein, the head coach at St. Charles. Been there quite a while, and he does a great job. In fact, I see athletic director and football coach uh, Frankie Monica is sitting among the crowd watching his son, Nick Monica. He's got back-to-back -back state championship games to watch. He watched the St. Charles Comets win, and uh, I'm sure he's hoping his son Nick Monica can close out his time as baseball coach uh, at, with a championship here. Mick Nunez, <coughs> from Mick Nunez, St. Paul's coach Mick Nunez, he's led the Wolves back here in back-to-back -back years. Not only it's the first time in his long career, I believe this is his 12th or 13th year as head coach of the Wolves, uh, and he is looking for his first state championship as a head coach. Uh, again, was on Rick Malden's staff in 99 as an assistant. But, uh, you know, he will, uh, They both of these coaches are very well-deserved very well on being here, but Rick, uh, Nick was telling me last week that this was uh, his first chance as a, as a head coach to be here in the, in the tournament in back-to-back -back years. Well, not only has he led him to the tournament, now he's led him in back-to-back -back state championship games. Last year, St. Paul's lost to John Curtis, uh, almighty John Curtis at the time, uh, two to one on a Jay Curtis solo home run and a, just a fantastically pitched ball game, a fantastically played ball game. Uh, you know, John Curtis with all those studs that they had last year. And uh, St. Paul's was just this close and most of those kids are back here on the field, got a lot of seniors on the field for St. Paul's as does Rummel. And in fact, Rummel had a little ceremony. Uh, those kids are, their seniors are graduating today um, but uh, four of their seniors were here on the field with in cap and gown over their baseball uniforms as you sometimes see here in Sulphur. And they were recognized before the game and they received their diplomas before the game. Uh, those, those kids are Cade Rivera, Ron Franklin, Chandler Fields, and Stephen Powers all receiving their diplomas before the game. And you know, one of the things, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, uh, this 
very well could be the last broadcast here on NOLA.com. Uh, we, uh, we were bought out by The Advocate. Um, we hope uh, to be able to continue what we're doing. Um, that is not up to me. Uh, I hope to, uh, you know, I'm I hope to get a chance with those guys. I would love to, uh, to continue doing what we've been doing here for so long. Um, it's been a fun ride. And, uh, you know, I'll talk a little bit more towards we get the end. I'm only saying this because I have a little time here. To the, the starting lineups have not been announced yet. But, you know, you guys listening to us and have listened to us throughout the year years, this has really picked up. And what started out as a goof for us, um, you know, I say that because we were trying to do live video and it just wasn't working out. We could never get a signal strength uh, good enough to – to be able to broadcast video and I just suggested to my then editor at the time David Glado you know why don't we try audio and he said that's a great idea why don't you find out what, you, what we need, would need to do uh, and how much it would cost and see if it's feasible so I looked into it and we uh, we found out that it wouldn't cost us all that much to try to broadcast audio it wouldn't take all that much uh, to do it and, and do it on our own site and, so I, I told him what it would cost. I showed him, you know, what I'd found after doing some research. And he says, all right, good. We were about to go into the football playoffs. He says, he says it's week 10. Why don't you go try it out at the Mandeville-Covington game you're assigned to this week? And I said, wait a minute. I said, I didn't know you were assigning me to this. Uh, and he says, uh, oh, yeah, why don't you just go try it? And I'm like, okay. Well, I'd done a, I had done play-by-play -play just a, a couple of times before. Um, just and, and really nothing serious and so uh, we tried it uh, we had about 300 listeners that first night uh, doing Mandeville Covington without anybody really knowing we were doing it we went into the playoffs we did uh, some playoff games uh, Jim Rapier joined me uh, at, at the Rummel Jesuit semifinals playoff game 2014 uh, and it was fantastic, and we had we had six thousand listeners. That's that second broadcast, and I'm and I think my boss said I think we're on to something. So we were, and here we are, five years later. And uh, again, I hope this isn't our last broadcast here, but it very well may be. And I really want to thank you, the listeners, for uh, for listening in throughout the years, whether you've listened just a couple of times, whether this is your first time, or whether you know you're one of my regulars who has. You know, I've had quite a few guys who, quite a few people who have reached out to me over the week and said they've loved listening to the broadcast. And so some of them just listen to listen, no matter who's playing. And I, we really appreciate that, and it's been a fun run. And really, um, besides, you know, sports writing is my passion, but really this is something I grew up as a kid always wanted to do. And if I never get to do it again, I've got to do it for the last five years, and I have you to thank for it, along with a lot of other people to thank, and I'll thank you for it. We go off the air today. But we are announcing the start lineups. They're announcing visiting Rummel first, and then, then we'll announce St. Paul's, and then we will go to break. Again, I want to run through the lineups real quick. I know a lot of you have just joined us uh, for Rummel. It's Lance Johnson in left, Cade Rivera, the designated hitter, Ron Franklin the third, Kyle Walker at second, Chandler Fields in right, Tyler Cook at short, Jackson Denny's the catcher, Logan Bertusi at first, and Stephen Powers is the center fielder. Uh, pitching today for Rummel with a record of five and two is Matt Villa for St. Paul's. Leading off, playing second, Kyle McLaughlin. Batting second, playing center field, Nick Vitale. 
Batting third, left field, William Duncan. The cleanup hitter is Matthew Russo at first. Nick Wright is the designated hitter and batting fifth. Connor Simon is the shortstop, batting sixth. Batting seventh is third baseman Jacob Shearer. The catcher is Kyle Canigliaro, batting eighth. And the right fielder is Bo Nealis, batting ninth. The pitcher is number 18 with a 6-0 record, Jacob Boudreaux. The coaches, again, for Rummel, uh, Nick Monica in his final game as baseball coach before he focuses all his attention on football. I imagine he won't have much of a break. He's missing spring football now. They're going to go right into getting ready for football in 2019. For uh, St. Paul's, Mick Nunez. I've known Mick a long time. His wife Tammy and I worked together for a very long time. Uh, Mick has, has been here at St. Paul's uh, for over 20 years as an assistant and uh, most of the last uh, two decades as head coach of the Wolves, and he has brought them here. St. Paul's has a record of 26 and 6. Rummel with a record of 22 and 12. So, again, uh, Rummel got here last week by defeating Bird in the quarterfinals. Two games to none, winning the first game 5-2, to two, winning the second game 11-8. And again, Rummel lost 8 of, their, eight of 10 midway through the season. It was 15-12 and 12 on April 11th before sweeping St. Aug and Jesuit to end the season. So, they aren't quite the role, and they have earned their way here for sure. Uh, they have won... Uh, seven in a row now to make their way here to Sulphur. Okay, we are going to, we are just about set here to get to the, uh, I think we're going to have a first pitch. We're going to have the national, a prayer, and we're going to have the national anthem. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to run through my commercials. Uh, you may hear, uh, you may hear a, a second, a commercial or two twice because I'm not going to come back until right when we're done with the National Anthem. But when we do, in about three or four minutes, we will have live baseball. It's a Division I state championship here in Sulphur in McMurray Park. It's the third-seeded Wolves of St. Paul's and the fourth-seeded Raiders of Rummel when we return. We'll be right back. Tonight's broadcast is in part sponsored by Mandeville Seafood. Mandeville Seafood has been serving fresh, locally caught seafood on the North Shore since 1996, and our friendly staff is here seven days a week to meet the needs of deep-rooted Southern cravings. Our loyal customers refer to us as one of the metro area's best-kept secrets. So whether you want a nice trout or salmon filet or a pound of bullet shrimp from our market, or maybe an oyster po' boy on fresh French bread or a cup of seafood gumbo from our eatery, or even if you need a catering order for your next party, Come see Jerry and Becky at 2020 Highway 59 in Mandeville or call us at 985-624-8552 or visit us on the web at www.mandevilleseafoodmarket.com. You'll become a regular before you can snap the head off that crawfish and you'll make some new friends all at the same time. Mandeville Seafood. Fresh seafood. Local culture. I'm not even going to ask the question because you know the answer. Yeah. Where's the best place to take a leak? Yeah, you wouldn't want to ask that question right here because everybody knows Regis Radiator Service is the best place to take a leak. For over 50 years, Regis Radiator Service specializing in not only cars and trucks and a full mechanic shop, but industrial oil field repairs, radiators, oil coolers, heat exchangers, all that. Unless it's Fat Tuesday, of course, because everybody knows there ain't no place to take a leak on Mardi Gras Day. <laughs> That's not how the song goes. 
Come check out the new location, 1900 Industrial Boulevard, Harvey. Or the old location, which is RegisRadiator.com. Same old website, but I've got to tell you, it's your one-stop shop for car and truck repair. So the next time somebody asks you where's the best place to take a leak, best place is the place we've been going to for over 50 years, Regis Radiator Service. Trying to figure out where to eat? How about the Triple Nickel Grill in Mandeville? Whether you want a freshly made burger, a garden salad, a club sandwich, or seafood, Triple Nickel has it all, including daily homestyle plate specials. We also can cater to your party needs for just about any event you have planned. We take pride in serving our customers with friendly service to make for the best possible experience while dining with us, and everything is prepared to order. We understand we're only here because of you and your loyalty to us. So take the heat out of the kitchen and let Eric Chafisi and his staff at Triple Nickel do the cooking for you. Visit us at 813 Florida Street in Mandeville or call us at 985-626-9989. The Triple Nickel Grill. Come in hungry, walk out happy. What's up with Jimmy kissing his bat like that at the plate? Uh, he used to dip and vape. Yeah, that's his healthy new good luck habit. Whoa, healthy is right. Pass the lip balm. Dipping and vaping contain nicotine, which affects brain development. It can not only hurt your on-field performance, but can also cause long-term health issues. Sport imitates life, so make a change. Go to wellaheadla.com or call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Once again, for the final time, New Orleans High School Baseball is on the air. Live today from Sulphur, Louisiana, McMurray Park. It's the Division I state championship game. It's the third-seeded St. Paul's Wolves and the four-seeded Rumble Raiders. Hello, everybody. I'm Jim Derry. I have no color partner, no uh, color analysis, so I'm going to have to do it all for you today, and I hope uh, we can make it as entertaining as we did last Sunday night when uh, when Buddy Turnage was with me, Westminster baseball coach uh, and athletic director and a longtime friend when he coached uh, Chalmette and then at Bell Chase. We've been friends for a long time, and I appreciate him, as I do uh, my other partners along the way. Jim Rapier was with me from the get-go. Uh, Mike Labradette joined me for a while, and, of course, Hanville football coach Nick Saltomaggio. It has been a fun ride, and we wrap it up here today at Sulphur. And we're pretty close to the first pitch as Lance Johnson is making his way to the plate. Jacob Boudreau is throwing his warm-up tosses. Matt Russo is coming over to tell him some, uh, give him some final advice. And uh, I don't know how much advice he needs to give him. He's got a 6-0 record, so he comes in again uh, after defeating Evangel in game two of their quarterfinal series. Won that one 11-0. I don't think he cares how much he wins it by today. He just wants to win it. The same goes for Matt Villa, who will be the Rummel pitcher in just a little bit when they take the hill. But we are just about set here for Division I Championship Baseball. I think we're waiting on television. Uh, and uh, just a moment, we will get underway. And they will make me try to fill some more air without a part. And you know, it's a lot easier to do when I have someone sitting next to me. You know, we, it's funny, I got a couple uh, emails um, last week in an 11 and nothing blowout. Uh, Jim Raper and I uh, went to our musical reference sheet and a couple of our listeners didn't didn't necessarily like that we uh, that we spent a lot of time talking about music. We didn't know what to talk about in 11 and nothing game, so hopefully this will be a good one. And the first pitch here is right back, a soft liner to Boudreaux, and we are underway. 
One pitch, one out for Boudreaux. And Lance Johnson is out, and it'll bring up the designated hitter, Cade Rivera. Cade Rivera on Sunday was two for four with a double and three, B three RBIs. My friend Nick Norris and sponsor Regis Radiator says it's time to talk about the Cubs. I think they would appreciate that a lot less than our musical references, Nick, so that's not going to happen. The first pitch to Rivera swung on and fouled off to the left side, the left-handed batter. Lance Johnson, who just softly lined out to Boudreau, was one for three on Sunday. All right, we never got a chance to give you the field assignments for the Wolves. We'll do that in just a moment after this pitch. The 0-2 pitch coming up to Rivera from Boudreaux is way outside for a ball, one and two. Around the outfield for the Wolves is left fielder William Duncan. Nick Vitale is in center field. And Bo Nealis is in right as Rivera takes a ball in the turf. I don't want to say the dirt because it's not dirt, it's turf. Uh, for a two and two count. Jacob Shearer at third, Connor Simon in short, McLaughlin at second, Russo at first. The pitch here from Boudreaux, swung on and missed for strike three. And Kenningley Arrow will have to throw it to first base. And they say no, he does not. We tagged him already. So a strikeout and tag to, after the ball had hit the turf. And two outs quickly for the Raiders. They bring up Ron Franklin. The, Third baseman who, who wore his cap and gown before the game here today was recognized along with Rivera Chandler Fields and Stephen Powers. <laughs> the first pitch to Franklin has taken for a strike. Uh, Nick, yeah, they may fire me. They've already fired me, right? So 0 and 1 coming up here to Franklin. It is swung on and missed, strike two, and Boudreaux looks good to start this game. Again, Rivera, Franklin, Fields, and Stephen Powers wore the cap and gowns for the game to graduate as their, as their classmates are doing so in Kenner today at the Punch Train Center. The 0-2 pitch here to Franklin. A swung on and miss. So Boudreau gets two strikeouts, and he goes 1-2-3 in the top of the first. So after one half inning, Rummel does not score. St. Paul's coming to back here. Listen to the Division I state championship game here on NOAA.com. We'll be right back. Tonight's broadcast is in part sponsored by Mandeville Seafood. Mandeville Seafood has been serving fresh, locally caught seafood on the North Shore since 1996, and our friendly staff is here seven days a week to meet the needs of deep-rooted Southern cravings. Our loyal customers refer to us as one of the metro area's best-kept secrets. So whether you want a nice trout or salmon filet or a pound of bullet shrimp from our market, or maybe an oyster po'boy on fresh French bread or a cup of seafood gumbo from our eatery, even if you need a catering order for your next party, come see Jerry and Becky at 2020 Highway 59 in Mandeville or call us at 985-624-8552 or visit us on the web at www.mandevilleseafoodmarket.com. You'll become a regular before you can snap the head off that crawfish and you'll make some new friends all at the same time. Mandeville Seafood. Fresh seafood. Local culture. Jim Derry back here at Sulphur. McMurray Park, the Roma Raiders went one, two, three in their top half of the first inning. The Wolves will get their shot here as they go up against Matt Villa again with a five and two record. And for St. Paul's here in the bottom half of the first inning, it'll be Kyle McLaughlin, Nick Vitale, and William Duncan. 
but when a combined, let's see if I can do some real quick Shaw math here. Four for ten with two runs scored in an RBI on Sunday in that exciting four to three victory over Brother Martin. For the Raiders, are their field assignments in left field is Lance Johnson, center field Stephen Powers, and in right field is Chandler Fields. Around the horn, Ron, Frank, Ron Franklin at third, Tyler Cook at shortstop, Kyle Walker at second base, and Logan Bertuzzi at first base. The battery is Matt Villa at, on the hill and Jackson Denny's who was out there and did such a great job. He is the catcher today. A nine pitch inning for Jacob Boudreau and we'll see what Villa can do here as we're just about set. Denny's shakes the hand of McLaughlin before we get started here as St. Paul's gets their first chance. No score, bottom of the first inning. Thanks you for joining us. On a Tuesday afternoon from Sulphur, it's not often you do a state championship game on a Tuesday afternoon, but all the rain that pushed everything back. These teams, this game would have been played on Saturday night, but everything got pushed back because of all the bad weather. And the first pitch to McLaughlin is an all-speed pitch taken outside and back to the backstop for a ball. So instead of playing on Thursday and Saturday, we, had to, we got to have some quality time here in Sulphur. The 1-0 pitch to McLaughlin is in the turf, 2-0. Quality time and sulfur means you sit in a hotel room, you find something to eat, you try to avoid the rain. The 2-0 pitch coming here to McLaughlin is taken for a ball, 3-0, I guess it was low. So you find as many things to do when you get rain delays as you can. And then on Friday when I found out that uh, it was gonna be pushed back to Sunday, as a ball four, a four-pitch walk to start this ball game for Kyle McLaughlin in the Wolves. And they'll bring up Nick Vitale, the center fielder who was two for three on Sunday. So Friday I decided, well actually Thursday night I decided I was going to cancel that Saturday night hotel room, get a new reservation for Sunday and Monday and go home and spend a couple days with my family and celebrate Mother's Day with my wife, Drea, and the kids on Friday night and Saturday, and that's what we did. Curveball taken outside, five straight balls to start for Villa. And here it comes, let's have a little conversation, and I'll have a chat on the hill as Nick Monica walks out and wants to talk to his right-hander. So, yep, so we went home, and I'll tell you what, Thursday night here in Sulphur before I got a chance to go home was some of the hardest, was one of the hardest rainstorms, thunderstorms I've ever seen. And I'm a kid, and I've been through a lot of storms in my life, as have most of you that are listening. And uh, it was coming, I'm not, when they say it was raining sideways, you know, it was raining sideways, and it was lightning all around us, and it was that way for quite a while. We had about six inches of rain here before I left. Another ball, 2-0, as the conference breaks up in Vitale, and I would imagine he's going to take till he gets a strike, I would think. McLaughlin's lead is not very big. His right foot is right at the edge of the cut. The 2-0 pitch, coming and swung on and fouled off. He did not have to take sign. So a fastball right, the, right down the middle. Vitale swung at it, and he fouled it off. Just joining us, no score here in Sulphur. Raiders went 1-2-3 in their top half of the first inning. Kyle McLaughlin walked to lead off the bottom of the first, and here we are with a 2-1 count on 
Vitali who takes ball three. The three and one coming up. Here comes the three one from Villa. Taken for a strike, a generous strike on the outside corner. Of course, if you're an umpire, you don't want to be here all day either. Maybe I know they, the umps were, the home plate umpire in the St. Charles game, University game, was very, very generous. So we'll see how it goes here today. Three and two coming up on Vitali as Villa has thrown nine pitches. That's how many pitches Boudreau needed to get out of the top half of the first. The 3-2 pitch coming here to Vitali Swung on and fouled off out of play to the left side. It'll remain three and two. It actually hit the top and the net came down and William Duncan is on the on in the on deck circle grabbed it and underhand flipped it over to the ump. Yeah, for those of you who have not enjoyed the privilege of going through rain delays out here at the park, especially ones that last for hours, there's nothing like it. There's just nothing like it. 3-2 pitch coming in here again. Swung on and hit up the middle, and that's going to get through for a base hit. A slow roll of the base hit. McLaughlin thinks about going to third, turns around and comes back and beats the throw back in a second base, and the Wolves have something cooking here in the top half, in the bottom half of the first inning. A slow roller up the middle gets through, and there's runners on first and second with nobody out for William Duncan, who was one for four on Sunday with a run scored in an RBI. Both of these teams four to three winners on Sunday. Rummel four to three over top seeded Catholic and one when one would and what one would have to say was one of the shockers of the tournament. I think Catholic was clearly the prohibitive favorite to win division one but it Rummel shut that down. And a curveball that does it hit him it hits Duncan and the bases are loaded with nobody out. Wow. Not a great start here for Villa. He's throwing 12 pitches. He has not recorded an out, and the bases are full of wolves. So he comes, in comes first baseman Logan Bertusi to give Villa a vote of confidence, as does Ron Franklin. And we'll see if it helps. Again, bases loaded. The cleanup hitter Matthew Russo was one for four with a run scored on Sunday night. Comes up here, the sophomore in a huge spot. And he asked for time as Villa is thinking about it for quite a while. Big spot right here for Villa and the Raiders. The first pitch to Russo is a strike on the outside corner. Same pitch as the one that was called a second strike. So I think we know where the umpire is going to be. He's going to be right on the outside corner. To the left-handed hitter, that is. An 0-1 pitch coming to Russo. It's swung on and grounded up the middle. Base hit. One run scores. Here comes Vitali, and he's gonna score, and it's two to nothing. So a two-run single for Matthew Russo, almost the same place that Duncan hit it. Excuse me, Vitali hit it. 
And so Duncan is on second, Russo on first with two RBIs to start this game. And Villa will try to regroup here. Nobody out and runners on first and second to Nick Wright, the designated hitter, takes a strike. He was one for three with two RBIs. Had a score to run on a fielder's choice at a fielder's choice RBI and then uh, a single knocked in another run. I believe the fourth run for St. Paul's which ended up being the game winning run. The 0 1 is inside and that nearly hits him. So we've Bill has already walked a, a batter given up two singles and hit a batter. And he's 1-1 here on Nick Wright with nobody out. First and second, two to nothing St. Paul's. Bottom of the second. And a swing and a foul off to the right side. That's going to go out of play. So if he can just record it out here, maybe it'll settle on Daniel just a little bit. Good pitcher. That Villa is 5-2 is and two, as we said earlier. See if he can get in a groove here. Wolves trying to tack on some more and get a big of as an advantage as they can. The pitch, curveball, swung and fouled off to the left side. Just got a piece of it was Nick Wright. Again, the Raiders had lost 8 of 10 at one point in the middle of the season. Well, actually, towards the end of the season. They were 15 and 12 on April 11th, just a month ago. And they haven't lost since. Swept St. Augustine, swept Jesuit in the regular season. The pitch here and a ground ball to second baseman. Franklin takes about second, throws it to first for the sure play. Excuse me, Walker throws it over to Bertusi for the sure play. That was would have been a really risky play going to second base. He takes the sure out. It's a smart decision. So it's a it's a 4-3 ground out for right. And Villa does get his first out. Let's see if that settles that settles him down. Connor Simon, who was the Entertainment on Sunday night for the Wolves. Comes up. He was one for three with a double and an RBI, but the entertainment came on the mound. We'll talk about it in just a second. The pitch taken in the turf for a ball. So Connor Simon came on Sunday night. Got a quick out in the sixth to finish off Shearer as they struck out the Crusaders on the side in the bottom of the sixth inning. The 1 0 pitch here coming to Simon. Curveball is taken for a strike. And Simon went out with a 4-3 lead in the seventh. What did he do? He gave up a walk to Brady Faust. Gave up a double to Brennan Stuprich. They walked Trey Morgan. Bases loaded, nobody out. One and one here is taken outside. So with the bases loaded and nobody out, what did he do? Strikeout looking, strikeout looking, strikeout swinging, and the game and preserves a four to three victory and here we are with the Wolves and Raiders instead of the Crusaders and Raiders. Two and one count coming up here to Simon. Runners on second and third, one out. Two to nothing lead for the Wolves in the bottom of second. Swings at a curveball, pops it up to the right side. And Walker is under it and he's got it and he makes sure that the lead runner over at third base, Duncan isn't going anywhere or he isn't and that's the second out of the inning and the, I tell you, the Raiders can find a way to get out of here with after this start with just two runs. You got to call that a major victory. So again, runners on second and third now with two outs. It'll bring up Jacob Shearer 
who's at third today, again after pitching five and two-thirds on Sunday and getting the victory. He was 0, 0 for 3 on Sunday. The pitch from Villa. It's a curveball. High. 1 and 0. Raiders fans wanted it, but it looked high to me. Villa, the 1 0 is in the turf, 2 and 0. Way outside. Not even closer than he tried to. Fire that one in at 98 miles an hour. And another pitch outside, and it's 3 0. And I just got a message from Wayne Stein. I invited him up. He said they uh, had just left before he saw my message. But congratulations to Wayne Stein and the St. Charles Comets. Division two champions. You want to call it unlikely, call it whatever you want. They're the champions. First state baseball championship in school history for St. Charles. They win it 7-4 over top-seeded University in the first game today. And the 3-0 pitch is taken for a strike there. Tate had two steps to first base. He thought it was a ball. And the ump said, not so fast. And he'll go back as Bill is about to make pitch number 28 in his first inning. Does and that is taken for a ball. Shearer waits for the ump to call it a ball that time, and the bases are juiced again. So Shearer with a two-out walk. It'll bring up the eight-hole hitter, Kyle Canigliaro, who was one for three on Sunday. Hasn't necessarily had the big hits in this postseason, but certainly had some big ones last year, including in a, a big extra inning game against Jesuit I remember in the quarterfinals that got them here that one of the hits that got him here to Sulphur. Bases loaded two outs the pitch from Villa is a half swing for the appeal. The appeal no swing. That was close. That was close. They asked for the appeal they got it no swing. So it'll be 1-0 pitch number 30 coming from Villa here in the first inning. Is a fastball taken high for a ball, 2-0. and oh. And now Ron Franklin calls timeout again. This will be the third meeting of some sort this inning. One by Monica, one by Franklin, one by the first baseman, Bertusi. And he can ill afford. They need to get out of this inning here. The understatement of the year probably, 2-0. and oh. Pitch. Is a ball that gets down to turf. Here comes Duncan. He will score easily on the wild pitch. Runners advance 90 feet. And it's three to nothing. That one wasn't close, and Denny's never had a chance. So Duncan scores. And so if you said two and out, getting out of with giving up just two runs would have been a major. Victory. Now you just want to get out with three, and you can live with that and start over. Strike one on a three and zero count to Canigliaro. It's three and one, taken all the way on the off-speed pitch. Three-one pitch. Second and third, two outs, three to nothing, and a swing and a miss. Three and two. Villa trying to come back here. Again, 33 pitches in the first inning. The limit's 115, so already. 
you're not assured, but almost assured that you're going to have it's going to be a bullpen day for the Raiders. Getting close to that. Pitch number 34 is a 3 2 pitch, and it's fouled off to the screen on the right side. Again, 3 to nothing, St. Paul's. A walk from McLaughlin, a base hit by Vitale, a hit by pitch. Duncan was hit by pitch. Russo doubled in, excuse me, singled in two runs. Nick Wright grounded out to second. Simon popped out to short, and then a wild pitch scored Duncan, and here we are. 3 2 count on Canigliaro. Curveball. And a looper to right field, and it is caught by Chandler Field. Mercifully, the third out of the inning for the Raiders. So for St. Paul's in the bottom of the first, three runs on two hits, no errors, and three left. We go to the second inning. St. Paul's three, Rummel nothing. You're listening to the Division I state championship game here on NOLA.com. I'm not even going to ask the question because you know the answer. Yeah. Where's the best place to take a leak? Yeah, you wouldn't want to ask that question right here because everybody knows Regis Radiator Service is the best place to take a leak. For over 50 years, Regis Radiator Service specializing in not only cars and trucks and a full mechanic shop, but industrial oil field repairs, radiators, oil coolers, heat exchangers, all that. Unless it's Fat Tuesday, of course, because everybody knows there ain't no place to take a leak on Mardi Gras Day. <laughs> That's not how the song goes. Come check out the new location, 1900 Industrial Boulevard, Harvey. Or the old location, which is RegisRadiator.com. Same old website, but I've got to tell you, it's your one-stop shop for car and truck repair. So the next time somebody asks you where's the best place to take a leak, best place is the place we've been going to for over 50 years. Regis Radiator Service. Back here in Sulphur, Jacob Boudreaux set to... Go back out on the mound for the Wolves. He set Rummel down one, two, three in the top half of the first inning. And now for the second time in the playoffs, he goes out there in the second inning with a lead. And this time it's a three to nothing lead. Wolves plate three runs as they go through eight hitters in their lineup. And the Raiders will try to get something going here as Woodrow had a non-pitch inning in the first. And he'll face Kyle Walker, Chandler Fields, and Tyler Cook in the top half of the second inning. You would say this is a picture-perfect day in Sulphur. I don't, as far as a day in May in South Louisiana goes, I don't think it could possibly get any better. I don't, I don't ever remember a better weather day covering this tournament than we have right now. It is absolutely perfect. Kyle Walker was one for four on Sunday as he steps up. First pitch taken for a strike. It is about 82 or 83 degrees. There is a breeze gently blowing. Uh, now it's hardly blowing at all. It's, maybe it's the fan that I feel. The 0-1 pitch is swung on and drove the left field. That's going to be a base hit. That's going to be extra bases for Kyle Walker. He makes the turn at first and stands up in the second base. A leadoff. Leadoff stand-up double for Kyle Walker, and maybe that'll get the Raiders going there. First, not only their first hit, but their first base runner today. It'll bring up Chandler Fields, who was one for two with two walks on Sunday. 
So again, in here, Canigliaro is going to have a chat with Boudreaux and I guess go over the scouting report. And that was a quick conversation. But again, picture perfect. What little breeze there is. It feels nice up here because the fan, big fan blinds. We sit outside just in front of the press box. But uh, it's the air, there is very little humidity in the air. And it's just a beautiful day for baseball. Runner on second with nobody out. The pitch is taken for a strike. Chandler Fields looks at strike one. But there have been many, many a trip to Sulphur when it was just brutal and it was your fir real first real introduction to summer out here. And a balk, I think, has been called. Nope, a timeout. Excuse me, a timeout was called by the third base umpire. And we'll quickly get back to play. So Boudreaux takes a look at Walker at second base and throws the off-speed pitch and it's taken for a ball, one and one. Yep, many a day out here in Sulphur when it was first time we got the 90s or it was right below it in the humidity in the upper 80s and 90s, feeling like it was 90. And a toss over to second base and that one almost went to center field. Connor Simon makes a save. But not this time. It was nice and I'd say almost cool on Sunday night. And here this afternoon, just dry temperatures in the mid 80s, low to mid 80s. And a pitch way outside in the turf. Walker stays put at second. It runs the count to two and one. We all know it's coming. Those 90s are coming. And the older I get, the more I can't stand summer. Say it every year. But somehow we always manage to take a trip to the beach. I stay inside half the time with beer. And the pitch is taken for a strike right down the middle. Two and two. How many of y'all feel the same way I do about summer? If I never went to a beach again, it would be okay with me. But the wife and kids love it, so that's where we go at least once a year. Two and two. Pitch to Chandler Fields. Walker on second, swing and a miss, strikeout. Strikeout number three for Jacob Boudreaux. He tipped it, but it went into the mid of Canigliaro. First out of the inning, and I bring up shortstop Tyler Cook, who was over three on Sunday. How many of you feel like me, though? You, I mean, I don't get it. Your bare feet on hot sand, what makes that appealing? Now, don't get me wrong, I like, there is something about the water that I enjoy, but I'd rather do it on a boat in like October or November. Not that I get a lot of chance to go on a boat in October or November. As Tyler Cook takes a pitch on the outside corner, the Raider fans don't like it, strike one. Kyle Walker leads off a of second base, has a healthy lead. Simon takes a step behind him and Boudreaux steps off the mound feels uncomfortable or whatever it is, decides to regroup. Tucks his hair behind his ears. Hey, wait a minute, I thought you weren't supposed to have hair you needed to tuck behind your ears at Catholic school. You couldn't when I was going to Catholic school. The pitch is an off-speed pitch. It's taken outside one and one. You're just joining us, St. Paul's leads it three to nothing here in the top half of the second inning. There's one out and a runner on second. Connor Simon comes over to chat with Boudreaux. The Wolves' first three batters scored. 
All right, Nick Moss, again, a Regis Grader tells me, he says he loves being around the beach, but not being on the beach. And he loves summer, he doesn't like winter. Well, the 1-1 pitch, as we talk about the four seasons, is swung on and fouled back to the screen. And if Jim Rapier were here, we might be talking about the four seasons as, as in Frankie Valley in the four seasons and his musical references. But he's not here, so we're talking about the weather. And, uh, you know, winter in South Louisiana, it's not, it's not really winter. I mean, it gets cold a little bit. But, I mean, it's not. Come on. The 1-2 pitch coming here to Cook. Long pause, and he steps off. Boudreau does. Made nine pitches in the first. This is will be pitch number 11 here in the second. He's got one out and a runner on second. And the off-speed pitch is taken high, two and two. And Nick's getting married on a beach. I guess I'll be on a beach. I'm assuming I'm invited anyway. I'm still finding it amazing that Cindy agreed to marry that man. 2-2 pitch with one out and a runner on second. The pitch coming from Boudreaux is another off-speed pitch, and it's another high one in the way at 3-2. Raiders trying to scratch out at least a run here. And remember, St. Paul's led Brother Martin 3-0. They scored three first-inning runs on Sunday and then had to eke out the 4-3 victory. Didn't score again until the fifth, and they were only able to claw that one run across, which happened to be good enough. The 3-2 pitch from Boudreau is a near ball. As he turns around and fakes the throw to second. That's a dangerous play for a high schooler. He steps off, and he wants to go through the signs again. I think kids forget that they just need to, look, you're up three to nothing, and I realize how important this pitch is, a 3-2 pitch coming here. And it is taken for a ball. First and second, one out. A walk, first, uh, let's see, yeah, first walk of the afternoon for Boudreaux. So Jackson Dennings will come up. He was 0 for 3 as well on Sunday. He's able to do it with his arm on Sunday, and he'll try to do it with his bat here today. And his arm is the catcher. He's got involved in just about every. Oh, he is involved in every pitch. Even if he doesn't catch it, I guess he's involved. Runners on first and second, one out. Bottom, top of the second inning. Wolves lead it three to nothing. The pitch, another off-speed pitch. A throw over to first base in the turf. Russo digs it out, and Cook is back safely, easily. Walker at second after he doubled, let off the. Inning with a double to left. And Chandler Field struck out, Cook walked. That's where we are. Denny's here. Up with a 1-0 count. Boudreau looks over at Walker. Walker takes off, swing and a miss. Throw over to third base, they'll get him easily. It was a hit and run, and Denny's didn't hit it. And Canigliaro throws it over to Shearer for out number one. Out number two, excuse me. Caught stealing, goes two to five. And what's worse is Cooks is still on first. He didn't go. He must have, either he missed a sign or Walker did, and I think it's Cook, the way he's, his body language over there. Looking, hey, did I miss something? 
So now there's two outs and a runner on first. The 1-1 one, one pitch to Denny's is taken in the turf 2-1. and one. Lots of off-speed pitches from Boudreaux. That's what he lives on. And he's good at it. As shown by his record, 6-0. The 2-1 pitch coming to Denny's. Uh, that's a fastball, and that's high, 3-1 and one now. So Boudreaux, a senior, has been in these spots before. But again, with a three-ball count, a lot more pitches here in the second than he threw in the first. Pitch number 18 of the inning coming up. The 3-1 pitch to Denny's is taken high for a ball. He's walked consecutive batters. But they're in the same boat they were in before the at-bat, except they have two outs. So consecutive walks, and Logan Bertusi comes up. Bertusi is one for two with a walk on Sunday. So Cook on second, and we've got a courtesy runner on first, and I can't see who it is just yet. You're listening Sunday. I have told you, and I've told you many times, my 50-year-old eyes, and I couldn't hear the announcement. And I can't see that small number on the, underneath the rumble insignia. So I'll tell you who it is in just a moment, although some of you listening already know who it is. And the pitch is taken for a strike. Runners on first and second, two away in the top of the second. The Wolves lead in three to nothing. Woodrow trying to get out of a little mini jam. The pitch is taken for a strike right down the middle. A fastball that's taken at the knees, and it's 0-2 now on Bertusi. Woodrow takes a quick look at Cook at second. Looks again, comes back and right off the edge, taken for a ball, that was close. I wouldn't have been able to held up, hold up. Of course, that's why I struck out so much. One and two is the count now. Nice lead for Cook at second. Even bigger lead for the courtesy runner and a little flare in the left center field. That's gonna drop for a base hit. Here comes Cook to score and that lead pays off and he scores easily and the Raiders are on the board. So an RBI single, a little bloop over the head of Connor Simon at short. The courtesy runner stops at second base, and Bertuzzi has himself an RBI single. And it's three to one. Get to the bottom of the lineup, so if nothing else, the Raiders will be able to turn their lineup over. Except Stephen Powers, be careful, the senior was two for three on Sunday, and he gets a chance here. And the, with two outs in the top of the second, and he takes a strike. So much harder for Boudreaux here in the second than it was for him in the first. Runners at first and second with two outs, the 0-1 pitch. And a fake and turn around, they got, they got the courtesy runner picked off. From two to six, excuse me, six to four to five. Goes the out. And that's it. So the Raiders run their way out of the inning here, but not before they get a run on two hits. They leave one. We go to the bottom of the second inning. St. Paul's three, Rummel one. You're listening 
to the NOLA.com prep game of the week. It's the Division I State Championship game. We'll be right back. Trying to figure out where to eat? How about the Triple Nickel Grill in Mandeville? Whether you want a freshly made burger, a garden salad, a club sandwich, or seafood, Triple Nickel has it all, including daily homestyle plate specials. We also can cater to your party needs for just about any event you have planned. We take pride in serving our customers with friendly service to make for the best possible experience while dining with us, and everything is prepared to order. We understand we're only here because of you and your loyalty to us. So take the heat out of the kitchen and let Eric Chafisi and his staff at Triple Nickel do the cooking for you. Visit us at 813 Florida Street in Mandeville or call us at 985-626-9989. The Triple Nickel Grill. Come in hungry, walk out happy. Back to McMurray Park and Sulphur. I'm Jim Derry for NOLA.com. And I thank you for spending your Tuesday afternoon, whether you're out working, running around the city, whether you're in your office, whether you're driving around, whether you're about to go pick up the kids, whatever it is, I really appreciate you listening to us here today on a beautiful afternoon from Sulphur, Louisiana. And uh, it's 3-1. to one. St. Paul's leads Rummel as we go I'm here in into the bottom of the second inning. It was a 23-pitch top of the second for Jacob Boudreaux. Made nine in the first and then 23 in the second. So he's at 32 pitches. And Matt Villa is already on top of that. He's, got, he's at 35 as he comes out here for the bottom of the second. And the remember I said the Raiders, at least they would turn their lineup over? Well, they did not do that because when you get caught, when you get picked off or caught stealing, he'll come back up. Stephen Powers will come back up in the top of the third. But speaking of the bottom of the lineup, turn the lineup's over. We're at the bottom of the lineup for the Wolves. It'll be Nealis McLaughlin and Vitali here in the bottom of the second. And Villa will get back to work, and he does here, and it's swung on and a little dribbler over to Cook who throws it over to first base. Bertuzzi makes the catch. He made it a lot closer than he should have made it, but it's an out nonetheless, 6-3. to three. And we'll go back to the top of the lineup for Kyle McLaughlin. He walked and scored in the first inning. It was one for three with a run scored on Sunday. Three to one, St. Paul's leads Rimmel here with one out in the bottom of the second inning. Matt Phillips pitched to McLaughlin. Was swung on and fouled off. I tell you what, I don't think the Wolves get a lot of take sounds. Villa had thrown six straight balls and Vitali swung at a pitch. And here McLaughlin after walking his first time up. Swings here too. And a little liner to right field. A great running catch by Chandler Fields, who was playing shallow and almost made it all the way to Kyle Walker at second base before he made the catch. So a nice running catch on a soft liner, and that's two outs. It'll bring up Nick Vitale, who singled and scored in the first. And he has hits. He is three for his last four, as he was two for three on Sunday. The left-handed batter with two outs, and the base is empty. Swings at the first pitch. Drills one in the left center field, and a nice running catch again, this time by Stephen Powers. And Villa, what nice comeback. A 1-2-3 inning for him in the bottom of the second. We go to the third inning, St. Paul's three, level one. You're listening to the Division I State Championship here on NOAA.com. We'll be right back. What's up with Jimmy kissing his bat like that at the plate? Oh, he used to dip and vape. Yeah, that's his healthy new good luck habit. Whoa, healthy is right. 
Pass the lip balm. Dipping and vaping contain nicotine, which affects brain development. It can not only hurt your on-field performance, but can also cause long-term health issues. Sport imitates life, so make a change. Go to wellaheadla.com or call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. So how do you combat a 35-pitch first inning to make sure your pitch count stays as low as possible so you can stay in as long as possible? Or if you're Matt Villa, you make a four-pitch second, and that's exactly what he did. Ground out to short. A soft liner that was caught by Chandler Fields to the second out by McLaughlin and then Vitelli lines out deep to center field. Stephen Powers makes the catch there. And the aforementioned Stephen Powers will come up the bat and get the start all over with a fresh count. After a pickoff, ended the top half of the second. We go to the third inning here. Three to one. St. Paul's, as they did on Sunday, scored three runs in the and their first at bat. That's, I know they're hoping they don't do the same thing they did while well, they want to win the game. But as far as like runs go, they were only, to, only able to add one more run. And they run it four to three. For Rummel, they hope to hold them at bay right where they are. And Powers takes a strike to start the third. So again, Boudreaux, who made just nine pitches in the first, is about to throw 30, number 34 here in the third, and it's way outside. Again, if you're just joining us, and I'll get to it in just a minute. One, one pitch here. Swung on and fouled back to the screen. One and two. If you're just joining us, congratulations to the St. Charles Comets between Stein and company. Nick Lorio pitched a great game and a 7-4 victory. Robbie Gilbert was 3-3 three for three with a triple and three RBIs. Pat Mashburn writing that one up for us. It ought to be on NOLA.com any minute if it's not up there already. So a 1-2 pitch coming here to Powers. He swings on. Hits over to second base and McLaughlin throws it over to Russo for out number one. So 4-3 goes to put out and there's one away here in the top half of the third. So the, the Comets scored six runs. I think it was either in the third or the fourth inning. I'm not sure which. It was the third. And they tacked on a run in the following inning, I believe the fourth. Led seven to nothing. And then Lorio just did what he needed to do, pitch strikes. He gave up some hits here and there. He gave up a couple runs. They scored two in the seventh, but he finished it. 113 pitches. It's a first pitch strike to Lance Johnson, who, who hit it on the first pitch of the ball game. Softly lined it right back to Boudreaux. And he's in an 0-2 hole quickly here at the foul and one off. But the Comets, first state championship in baseball in school history after being a bridesmaid, a runners-up for six times previously. In fact, it is fourth, tied for fourth in state history. They had only three other teams had more runners-up trophies than they had. They don't have to worry about it. That's still true, but now they got a championship trophy to go with it. And 0-2 coming here to Lance Johnson. And the pitch is a little bouncer to short. Simon throws it over to Russo, digs it out. Out number two. It's a soft 
bouncer that I didn't know if Simon was able to be able to get to in time, but he did. And there are two outs, and it'll bring up Cade Rivera, who struck out swing in his first time up and was two for four with a double and three RBIs, was the hero at the plate for the Raiders. Dennings was the hero on the mound. A little soft floater in there that's taken for a ball in the turf. 1-0. Two outs here in the top of the third inning. Jim Derry here for NOLA.com. And the pitch is swung on and fouled off to the left side. 1-1. One and one. Again, if you're just joining us on a beautiful, and I mean beautiful, gorgeous day, I'm sure as it is back home, uh, it is just the same here in Sulphur. Couldn't be any better for baseball. Low humidity, temps in the low to mid-80s. Bright sunshine here in Sulphur. A little bit different than we had last week. The 1-1 pitch is taken for strike two. And when I say a little bit different, obviously I'm being facetious. A lot different. Ron Franklin stands on deck hoping to get a shot here. One and two, two outs. The pitch from Boudreaux coming. And it's a soft pitch taken off the inside edge. Two and two. But it rained, and I mean it rained, and it rained. And it rained Thursday, it rained Friday, it rained Saturday, and into Sunday. 2-2 pitch coming here to Rivera. They swung on and drilled to center field, but Vitale is able to get to it to put it away. 1-2-3, go the Raiders in the top half of the third inning. We go to the bottom half. St. Paul's three, and St. St. Did I say St. Charles? St. Paul's three, and Rummel one. You're listening to the Division I State Championship game here on NOLA.com. We'll be right back. Tonight's broadcast is in part sponsored by Mandeville Seafood. Mandeville Seafood has been serving fresh, locally caught seafood on the North Shore since 1996, and our friendly staff is here seven days a week to meet the needs of deep-rooted Southern cravings. Our loyal customers refer to us as one of the metro area's best-kept secrets. So whether you want a nice trout or salmon filet or a pound of bullet shrimp from our market, or maybe an oyster po' boy on fresh French bread or a cup of seafood gumbo from our eatery, even if you need a catering order for your next party, come see Jerry and Becky at 2020 Highway 59 in Mandeville or call us at 985-624-8552 or visit us on the web at www.mandevilleseafoodmarket.com. You'll become a regular before you can snap the head off that crawfish and you'll make some new friends all at the same time. Mandeville Seafood. Fresh seafood. Local culture. Jim Derry back here at Murray Park in Sulphur. Uh, Jacob, it's been a tale of different innings for both pitchers. And for Jacob Boudreaux, he had a non-pitch first, a 23-pitch second, and then a 12-pitch third. And he leads it 3-1 to one over Matavilla with a 35-pitch first inning and giving up three runs and then a four-pitch second. So Matavilla has actually thrown fewer pitches with Boudreaux now. Although Boudreaux has gone through one more inning, and he'll get a chance to go through the heart of the order here. William Duncan, Matthew Russo, and Nick Wright do up. And Duncan looks at a first pitch ball. Duncan was hit by a pitch and scored on a wild pitch in the first. The 1-0 pitch coming here to Duncan is on the outside edge. He doesn't like it, but it's a strike, one and one. I want to say hello to a good friend of mine listening out there. I go to it after this one-one pitch. Villa working very quickly. 
curveball taken for a ball two and one. Roger Glenn, who uh, moved on to the advocate when we made all those changes way back when. Um, the two one pitch here is way outside three and one. But we became good friends working together back in the in the 90s and 2000s at Tom Spicune. I appreciate you listening, friend, and uh, I hope we get a chance to work together again. Three and one pitch is grounded to short. Cook takes it, throws it over to first in the dirt, and not able to scoop it out is Bertuzzi. That all goes an error on Cook. First error of the day. Cook rushed it a little bit. And that was in the turf. I thought Bertuzzi had it at first. And in fact, Nick Monica is asking whether he did or not. I couldn't see it from my angle. His back was to me. Well, his, side, his left side was to me. So I couldn't see when Bertuzzi grabbed the ball, but it, it certainly hit the turf, then hit his glove. But I thought he was able to get it before Duncan reached the bag, but the umpire says he wasn't. And I, I wasn't certainly not, and I wouldn't be able to argue with him. So it goes as an E6. There's a throw and error on Cook. And here a pitch is taken by Russo, who singled in two runs in his first at bat. Three to one, St. Paul's leads Rummel here at McMurray Park and Sulphur. 1-0 pitch with Duncan standing on first base, or leading off of first base. And it's way outside, and a pitch, and a steal attempt at second base, and he's safe. Raiders fans don't like him, but it was the right call. He was safe. It was close, but it, I believe Duncan slid under the tag. It was a pitch. I don't think it was a pitch out. I think it was just a pitch way outside. They don't like it, but I... I, I tell you, I'd, I'd have to see it again, but if I had if I had to make the call from standing here, I would have called him safe too. And I have absolutely no chips in this this game. So now a runner on second with a 2-0 pitch coming to Russo. Is taken in the turf for a ball. The board says 2-0, but I think it's 3-0. Well, maybe it is 2-0. Maybe that was the first pitch to Russo. My partner over here to the left saying it, that uh, it is 2-0. So 2-0. And the pitch is way outside, and it was 2-0. And that was 3-0. I was correct. So Russo takes his walk, and it's a four-pitch walk to Russo. Hey, man, when I tell you, when I get to this point in my career, I start questioning myself. You can't help it. And you talk to yourself, too. Hey, I'm, I'm kind of talking to myself right now, right? I mean, I know you're all listening, but only a couple of y'all are talking back and texting. I tell you what, if you got something to say to me, feel free. I'm not looking at Twitter, but I do have my email up, jderry@nola.com. Go ahead and email me. I'll give you a shout out, or if you got a comment or something, I'd be glad to talk to you on the air. I'm tired of talking to myself. Runners at first and second, and a sack bunt attempt on a pitch that almost hit Nick Wright. Should have pulled the bat back. It would have clearly been a ball. Instead, it's 0-1. As Villa is about set to throw pitch number 50. So it's Jay Derry, D-E-R-R-Y, at NOLA.com. Seriously, text me. I mean, uh, email me. Be happy to answer any question, read any comment, give you a shout-out on any air. I appreciate y'all listening to us here on NOLA.com. 
Raj says it's okay to talk to myself as long as I don't answer. But I do sometimes. Oh, and, uh, oh, and that, that's a ball. He got deked by, Villa got deked by William Duncan. Duncan took about three steps off like he was going to run, hooked it and moved towards second, and it kind of jolted Villa, and he balked. Clearly. And we got an argument, but that was clearly a balk. I mean, the, the, I'm not sure what Nicky's arguing about here. That was clearly a balk. He just got deep. He wanted to throw it a second, but he didn't step off first, and he kind of started moving before. And then he, it was kind of a really clumsy, awkward step off of, off of the, off of the uh, bump there. But he just, he was just confused. He didn't know what to do. And Cook made no move to second to go back and cover the bag, and that I think that's what really got him. So now the infield will play in for Rummel. Runners at second and third with nobody out and one strike on Nick Wright, and I imagine he won't be bunting any longer. The 0-1 from Villa, pitch number 50, is a curveball way inside. So the balk moves Duncan to third and Russo to second. The 1-1 pitch, nobody out. Second and third is in the turf, 2-1. and one. Villa getting himself into danger again here. And I uh, see I got some emails here. Mike Ackman, hey man, thanks for listening. I know you listen plenty every time your, your wolves are on and we appreciate it. A little swing and a shot to second. What a play over by Walker. He picks it up, tries to fire it home, and Duncan, who delayed his come home, is safe. He should have gone to first, but it was a great stop. It's probably saved the run. Nick Walker, or Kyle Walker, excuse me, saves a run with a diving stop with the infield in. He hesitated, decided to come home. If he would have gone to first, he'd have got the out, I think. It goes as an fielder's choice in an RBI. It's not a hit, but it's a fielder's choice. It's an RBI, and it moves. Not only does it score Duncan, but it moves Russo to third with nobody out. So anybody, anyway, uh, shout out. Thank you, Mike Ackman, for listening over the years. And um, I know, and it's going to be a pitching change. We're going to have a pitching change. And let's see who's coming in for the Raiders. Coming in for Rummel will be Hayden Elwell, senior. So Hayden Elwell will come in. We're going to take a quick break. When we do, I got a plenty of more. No, I got plenty of more uh, shout-outs and questions here. I'm glad y'all are listening. Hey, again, Jay Derry, D-E-R-O-Y, Noah.com. If you want want to say something, uh, I'll be glad to uh, to give you a shout-out or answer any question. But right now, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. What's up with Jimmy kissing his bat like that at the plate? Oh, he used to dip and vape. Yeah, that's his healthy new good luck habit. Whoa! Healthy is right! Pass the lip balm! Dipping and vaping contain nicotine, which affects brain development. It can not only hurt your on-field performance, but can also cause long-term health issues. Sport imitates life, so make a change. Go to wellaheadla.com or call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Jim Derry back here in... 
Sulphur at McMurray Park and we've got a new pitcher and the new pitcher is Hayden Elwell. So Elwell will relieve Villa who made 52 pitches. Pitched two plus innings. Gave up four runs, only one of them was earned at the moment. He is responsible for Russo at third base and Wright at first base. And it'll bring up Connor Simon who Popped out to short with, and it is the second time Simon will come up with. No, actually, last time he had run it in second and third when he came up. So it's the second time, second and third. Chris Nadishan says he wants uh, Mike Ackman to bring some trickle, triple nickel over here to the park. <laughs> if you're doing it, I know it's a long ride, and uh, it, it's he's still open over there. Eric Shafisi's still open over there. I'll take, uh, let's see, what do I want? I'll have to think about it. First and third, and a bunt. And in the score is, comes Russo, and a squeeze bunt is successful. So Russo scores on the squeeze bunt, and it moves right to second at the same time. So a sacrifice bunt is the first out of the inning, but not before it scores Russo, and it's five to one. Wolves. I'll take the uh, the blackjack. Bring me a blackjack burger. I'll take a grilled shrimp salad. I, I probably that's probably what I ought to eat. As a pitch to Jacob Shearer is taken for third ball for a strike. He was he walked his first time up and was stranded at second base in the first. Five to one. Runner on second base with one out. The 0-1 pitch is the ball. Jared Martinovich, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, says, I'm only coming out of one side of the radio, and I will tell you why that is the case. And you know what, I'm glad you said that. I'm going to turn down the crowd mic a little bit. Thank you for, for telling me that, Jared. You are correct. I am only coming out of one side of the radio, and it's not theoretically on purpose. Usually I have a partner. And so it's, it's, a, it's a stereo uh, input thing that we have here. Uh, as I turn, again, I turn down the crowd mic and I'll, t I don't want to turn me up too loud because I get a little, I get a little loud at times. And it's very rare that I'm ever drowned out by anything. Um, but if you're listening, most phones you li would be listening to me, uh, it would be a mono thing. So I would be coming out of, it would sound like I'm in stereo, but uh, if you're listening to something with two speakers, then I am just coming out of the left side of your uh, speaker. There's a curveball swung on and it bounces into the turf to Walker. Walker throws it over to first base. And a great job by Bertuzzi to get it out because he had to come off the bag to catch it, fell to his knees, and then had to tag Shearer. Wright goes to third on the play, but it goes as just a 4-3 ground out, and that won't tell the story. As Kyle Canigliaro will come up with two outs and a runner on third. In the first inning, the Wolves left runners on second and third. And the Raiders hoping they'll leave a runner on third here in the third. Canigliaro flied out to right field his first time up. But yeah, to answer your question, Jared, uh, normally I have a partner and with our stereo input here. My partner would be on the right side and I'd be on the left. Swing and a miss. But... Since I have no partner, I'm using a crowd mic today, and 
I didn't have my old setup with me to where I plugged them into the, both in the same, uh, same thing. So that's why I sound like that. But I hope you can still hear me. And a pitch taken just off the outside edge for a ball one and one. And again, it's very rare that I'm told that I can't be heard. So I'm, try <laughs> I'm trying to balance it out here. A 1-1 pitch coming here to Canigliaro. He swings and fouls it back to the screen, one and two. Runner on third, two outs, top, bottom of the third inning. St. Paul's leads Rummel 5-1. The Wolves able to do something they were not able to do Sunday, and that score, after score three runs in the first inning, come up with two more runs afterward. And they were only able to score one run after their three in the first last time against Brother Martin, but it was good enough. Here, a pitch nearly swung at. Was able to hold back Canigliaro at the pitch outside by Elwell. <laughs> Nanishan says to tell Chafisi to bring it all. I think that's a great idea, too. The chances of Eric Chafisi listening to this broadcast right now are pretty slim. And the 2-2 pitch just swung on and missed. So Elwell gets out of the jam with just giving up those two runs. It's two runs on no hits, an error, and one left. We go to the fourth inning. St. Paul's five, Rumble one. You're listening to the Division I State Baseball Championship here on NOAA.com. We'll be right back. I'm not even going to ask the question because you know the answer. Yeah. Where's the best place to take a leak? Yeah, you wouldn't want to ask that question right here because everybody knows Regis Radiator Service is the best place to take a leak. For over 50 years, Regis Radiator Service specializing in not only cars and trucks and a full mechanic shop, but industrial oil field repairs, radiators, oil coolers, heat exchangers, all that. Unless it's Fat Tuesday, of course, because everybody knows there ain't no place to take a leak on Mardi Gras Day. <laughs> That's not how the song goes. Come check out the new location, 1900 Industrial Boulevard, Harvey. Or the old location, which is RegisRadiator.com. Same old website, but I've got to tell you, it's your one-stop shop for car and truck repair. So the next time somebody asks you where's the best place to take a leak, best place is the place we've been going to for over 50 years. Regis Radiator Service. All right, I hope that's better. I've uh, tried to adjust some things here. Back here at McMurray Park where the Wolves lead it 5-1 over the Raiders. Third seed at St. Paul's, fourth-seeded Rummel here at McMurray Park. I'm Jim Derry, and we're about to start inning number four. Jacob Boudreau back on the hill where he has thrown 44 pitches. Uh, go back to my email here. There's a couple... I never haven't got be able to got to yet. Uh, Rodney Guggenheim, thanks for listening. And I've appreciated you and have enjoyed watching your son over the years, Colin Guggenheim, over at John Curtis. Uh, hope, hopefully I'll get a chance to cover the Patriots again next year and uh, see Colin senior year. I really hope so, and I appreciate you listening in. Uh, let's see, Carly Singletary says, let's go Raiders. And she's going to get a chance to see her Raiders a chance to listen to her Raiders bat here. Ron Franklin takes a strike. He struck out looking, uh, struck out swinging his first time up. Uh, it'll be Franklin, Walker, and Fields here in fourth. A curveball taken for a strike. And Franklin was expecting something else. Let's see. Megan and Jordan say, go Boudreaux. Go Boudreaux. 
Little ground to the third base. Shiera holds on to it, pumps it a couple times, throws it across the diamond for out number one. 5-3 on the putout. No, I know, uh, Chris, that I'm not in stereo, but I hope I fixed the level so that I'm, that I'm heard at least a little better. I should have brought that other piece. I didn't realize it was going to be my – forgot I was going to be by myself. I, thought, uh, I forgot when I left the house that I was going to be by myself and I didn't bring the uh, little piece that, that makes it in mono. There's a strike here to Kyle Walker who doubled and was caught uh, – was picked off – well, caught stealing, uh, trying to steal third base in the second inning. So we have a couple different little pieces. And if you were listening earlier, you heard me talking about how uh, a one-and-one one count now on Walker. We'll get to it after this pitch here from Boudreaux. The 1-1 one, one pitch is an off-speed pitch in the turf. It bounces back to the screen, 2-1. and one. But uh, we're, if you were listening earlier, we were talking about, I was talking about how this whole thing got started and doing research and figuring out how to stuff. Because I'm a sports writer. Uh, and over the last six years, I've learned how to take pictures. I've learned how to do video. And uh, learned how to become a broadcaster a little bit, although some will say I haven't learned. 2-1, and one, the pitch swung on and fouled back out of play. But, uh, you know, learning all these different little pieces of equipment that we need or things that we could use. And I, like, I think we were trying to advance even further and we ha hadn't been able to. Um, but uh, there are two different ones I use, two different little pieces I use. There's a 2-2 pitch coming here to Walker. With one out and nobody on here in the fourth inning. The pitch swung on and drilled in the center field. And Vitali camps under it for out number two. Two outs here in the top of the fourth inning. And St. Paul's leads it 5-1 over Rummel. But uh, there, are, there are two different ones we use, one when I have a partner and one when I don't. And so when I, when I uh, don't have a partner, I haven't used that piece in a while and I had taken it out of my bag and I never put it back in. So brings up here Chandler Fields, who swings and misses at the first pitch. Fields struck out, swinging his first time up in the second. Woodrow with pitch number 54 coming in on an 0-1. Swung on and drilled up the middle base hit. So Fields is with, on with a single to center. It's a two-out single to center. And we'll see if the Raiders can capitalize. It'll bring up Tyler Cook. Who, who walked and scored the Raiders' only run of this ball game. Five to one. Ronnie Guggenheim says he's listening while he's watching Colin at spring football practice. Good luck to, the, to Colin Guggenheim. Will be a senior next year, hard to believe. Watched him since he was a freshman. As a pitch outside and low. And uh, Colin will be a senior next year at Curtis, and uh, he'll be one of the, obviously one of the better quarterbacks going into the, around the state, going into the season. One would think he'll get plenty of hype. Pitch outside again. 2-0. and Again, Cook walked last time and ended up scoring. Fields on first base with two outs here in the top of the fourth. Raiders trailing 5-1. to The pitch is taken right down the middle for a strike. Billy Farrell says he's a first-time listener. He's listening from Covington, and he hopes that the powers be 
at the Advocate. Keep this program going as this one has popped out in a center field. Coming in now late is Vitali, and he gets under it, and he makes the third out of the inning. God bless you, Mr. Farrell. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. We'll find out soon enough. For the Raiders, we know that's the end of their fourth inning. Top of the fourth has ended with a harmless single. For the Wolves, it's harmless. Four batters, one hit, and one left. We go to the bottom of the fourth inning, St. Paul's five, and Rumble one. You're listening to the Division I State Championship game here on NOLA.com. Trying to figure out where to eat? How about the Triple Nickel Grill in Mandeville? Whether you want a freshly made burger, a garden salad, a club sandwich, or seafood, Triple Nickel has it all, including daily homestyle plate specials. We also can cater to your party needs for just about any event you have planned. We take pride in serving our customers with friendly service to make for the best possible experience while dining with us, and everything is prepared to order. We understand we're only here because of you and your loyalty to us. So take the heat out of the kitchen and let Eric Chafisi and his staff at Triple Nickel do the cooking for you. Visit us at 813 Florida Street in Mandeville or call us at 985-626-9989. The Triple Nickel Grill. Come in hungry, walk out happy. Jim Derry back here at McMurray Park where the St. Paul's Wolves will come to bat here. And they lead it 5-1, to one, trying to win their first state championship since 1999. The Raiders trying to, hoping they come back and win their first since 19, would, would be their first since 1997. And it would be their sixth title. Got a lot of baseball left, long way to go. And for the Wolves here in the bottom of the fourth inning, it'll be Nealis, McLaughlin, and Vitale. My boy Buddy Turnage is listening in, man. I wish you were sitting next to me. So far, uh, it, it hadn't been as good as the one we had Sunday night with St. Paul's and Brother Martin, but we still got a lot of baseball here left, and I got a feeling it's going gonna, it's gonna to tighten up. Although Wolves fans don't want to hear that. Bo Nealis takes a strike. It's Nealis McLaughlin again, as I said, and Vitale to start off this bottom of the fourth. 0-1 pitch from Elwell. Swung on and drilled out to right field in a spot I can't see. And Fields obviously makes the catch because Raiders fans are cheering. I couldn't see it. A fly out to right for Nealis, who granted out the short. And then I'll bring up McLaughlin. Kyle McLaughlin has walked and scored in the first, and he hit a soft liner to right in the second. And it'll get a chance here in the fourth. So if you're thinking about whether Jacob Boudreaux might be able to make it, whether or not he'll be able to make it through the game, well, he's got a pretty good shot. He's definitely on pace to do so. He's gone through four, and he's made 58 pitches. He had a 14-pitch fourth. And here McLaughlin skies it to right, and that's an easy one for Fields again. So consecutive outs in the air to Chandler Fields. And it'll bring up Nick Vitale. Vitale has singled and scored in the first, and he lined out to center in the second. And the pitch low to Vitale. If you're just joining us, it was not a good day for Matt Villa. Matt Villa gave up five runs, four of them earned. And just two plus innings of work. And Hayden Elwell is in here. And on a 1-0 pitch, he uses a little foul tapper. 
uh, to Vitali, who's got a 1-1 count now. Buddy Turnage, absolutely. We said it a couple times. We'll say it again. Buddy says, congratulations to St. Charles. Coach Stein is a great coach. He absolutely is. Congratulations to Wayne Stein and the St. Charles Comets for winning your first state championship, Division II championship. Earlier today, the sixth seed defeated the one seed, University, by a score of 7-4. to four. Here it's 5-1, to one, St. Paul's over Rummel in the Division I title game. The 1-2 pitch is swung on and just got a piece of it to stay alive as Vitale. Elwell mixing it up pretty good. Again, if you want to email me and say hello, or if you want a shout-out, or if you got a question, or if you got a concern, uh, Jay Derry, D-E-R-R-Y at NOLA.com. Be glad to read it on the air. And a base hit back up the middle for Vitale. Vitale's two for three today. And he's been going straight up the middle. That's the third time today. He has hit it in that direction all three times, straight up the middle. Single to center, a line out to center, and now another single to center. So a two-out hit. It'll bring up the three-hole hitter, William Duncan, who has been hit by a pitch and scored, reached on an error and scored. Mary Kay Holmes, she says, you might be a writer, but you are a good broadcaster. The old, the old joke, a face for radio, there's no question about it, Mary Kay. I definitely have a face for radio. Thank God I got a beautiful wife and beautiful kids. And uh, she says, thanks for the enthusiasm for the teams, all the teams, hoping the powers that be support me and my love of local prep sports. I thank you very much, Ms. Holmes. You are correct. Uh, my love of sports runs, uh, my love of prep sports runs deep. 0-1 uh, to Duncan as he fouled off the first pitch. Two outs and a runner on first base is Nick Vitale. The pitch from Elwell swung on and missed. A high changeup. And I do hope I get a chance, whether it's with the advocate or uh, someone else, to keep covering this thing so much. Um, I love it, man. I, I love covering high school sports. Pitch outside in the dirt. Vitale thinks about going. Gets back to first base to throw over there, and he's safe. Um, I hope I get a chance to keep doing it. I love doing it. Um, we'll see. Um, I've been lucky enough to be in the business for 29 years, and the last six of it solely covering high school sports and Saints NFL. Pitch on the outside corner, taken for strike three. Great job by Elwell to get out of it here and to keep Rummel right where they are. We finished four innings here in Sulphur. Division I state championship game, St. Paul's five, Rummel one. We go to the fifth inning. We'll be right back. You are listening to the NOLA.com Prep Game of the Week. Special edition. We'll be right back. Tonight's broadcast is in part sponsored by Mandeville Seafood. Mandeville Seafood has been serving fresh, locally caught seafood on the North Shore since 1996. And our friendly staff is here seven days a week to meet the needs of deep-rooted Southern cravings. Our loyal customers refer to us as one of the metro area's best-kept secrets. So whether you want a nice trout or salmon filet or a pound of bullet shrimp from our market, or maybe an oyster po'boy on fresh French bread or a cup of seafood gumbo from our eatery, even if you need a catering order for your next party, come see Jerry and Becky at 2020 Highway 59 in Mandeville or call us at 985-624-8552 or visit us on the web at www.mandevilleseafoodmarket.com. 
You'll become a regular before you can snap the head off that crawfish, and you'll make some new friends all at the same time. Mandeville Seafood, fresh seafood, local culture. Jim Derry back here in Sulphur, McMurray Park, where we're about to head to the fifth inning. Hayden Elwell did a great job of keeping the St. Paul's Wolves at bay and holding that deficit to five to one. In the top of the fifth for the Raiders will be the seven, eight, nine hitters. Jackson Denny's, Logan Bertusi, and Steven Powers. Denny's walked and was his courtesy runner was picked off one, six, four, five to end the second. Bertusi singled in the only run of the ball game and Powers grounded out to second. We'll see what happens here. And a swing and a miss as Jacob Boudreaux throws pitch number 59. Feels like it's starting to feel like it's a farewell tour for me. I guess it's bad, but uh, who knows? I'm Again, I'm hoping to get a shot, whether it be with the average or somebody else, ball on the turf. Uh, that's not what I wanted this to be, but I'm getting a lot of nice email, so uh, I'm getting a lot of nice email, so I think uh, I'll just keep reading them as far as, I, as long as I get them. A slow curveball swung on and drilled back to the screen, one and two. Stephanie Irwin says, she is a St. Paul's fan. There's no way the advocate will let me go. I'm vital to the sports community. Thank you. Let us know what we can do to let the Georges know. Hey, let them know. I'm, I'm not uh, a strike three taken by Denny's. He watches strike three, and that is strikeout number four for Boudreaux, his first since the first out of the second. It'll bring up Bertusi, who singled in a run. Again, the only run for the Raiders. Hey, I'm not proud. Send notes in. If it gets people, if it gets anyone to give me a look or a second look, I'm all about it, and I appreciate it. But regardless, I appreciate the support. As a swing and a miss by Bertusi. Boudreaux, 63 pitches, looking as good as he did in pitch number one. The 0-1 pitch is a fastball. It's fouled back behind the the stadium here and maybe on the field 40. Uh, Mitch Ackle says, thanks for a great broadcast. Appreciating the coverage of high school sports. Go Wolves. Go two pitch coming here to Logan Bertusi. Is a fastball that's swung on a miss up around the numbers or the letters. And second strikeout in a row. They come in bunches for the Wolves, and that's the second time today that Boudreaux has struck out consecutive batters. The first time was in the first inning. The two quick outs for Boudreaux. Again, well, well on pace to be able to go seven. Stephen Powers, his last time up, he grounded out to second to lead off the third. Curveball taken outside. He was on, he was at the plate. Hitting when Denny's, uh, Denny's courtesy runner was picked off for the third out of the second. Another pitch outside, 2-0. Oh. Matt Fresher is listening from Covington. I appreciate it. On behalf of Lion Nation, got to love the Lion Nation. I've spent a lot of time. Another pitch outside, 3-0. Oh. Spent a lot of time over there covering the Navy in gold. And a lot of, made a lot of friends over there. But he says on behalf of Lion Nation, who bleed Navy and Old Gold, they're pulling for their 6-5A. Four-pitch walk to Powers. 
They are pulling for their 6-5A and more importantly, Covington Brethren. He would like to say he coached and probably should say watch Jacob Boudreaux pitch a perfect game as a 10-year-old on opening day a few years back and knew he was destined to do great things. Well, here he is pitching in the Division I state championship game with a runner on first base and two outs, and now Lance Johnson coming up, back to the top of the lineup, and five straight balls after two straight strikeouts. Johnson softly lined out, first pitch of the game, right back to Boudreaux. And then he grounded out to short, and now we're going to have a little conference on the hill. So thank you, Matt, for writing in. I appreciate it, and I'm sure Wolves fans appreciate it too. Uh, our Burke Outdoors says he wants me to use the school team names more. Okay, fair enough. So he's not familiar with the roster and player names. I will do so from here on out. Mr. Burke. Mike Ackman says the advocate let me, lets me go. They're going to support me from Mayor of Mandeville our mayor, governor, no thank you. I have no, absolutely zero interest as a 1-0 pitch taken for a strike. Zero interest in going into uh, political office. Zero. I have no interest. The 1-1 pitch hit the third base. Shera's got it. Going to throw it across the diamond for out number three. And Boudreaux gets out of that little mini jam on the 5-3 put out. Goes Lance Johnson for the Raiders in the top half of the fifth inning. No runs on no hits, one left. We go to the bottom of the fifth, St. Paul's five. Rumble one, you're listening to the Division I State Championship game here on NOLA.com. What's up with Jimmy kissing his bat like that at the plate? Oh, he used to dip and vape. Yeah, that's his healthy new good luck habit. Whoa, healthy is right. Pass the lip balm. Dipping and vaping contain nicotine, which affects brain development. It can not only hurt your on-field performance, but can also cause long-term health issues. Sport imitates life, so make a change. Go to wellaheadla.com or call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Trying to figure out where to eat? How about the Triple Nickel Grill in Mandeville? Whether you want a freshly made burger, a garden salad, a club sandwich, or seafood, Triple Nickel has it all, including daily homestyle plate specials. We also can cater to your party needs for just about any event you have planned. We take pride in serving our customers with friendly service to make for the best possible experience while dining with us, and everything is prepared to order. We understand we're only here because of you and your loyalty to us. So take the heat out of the kitchen and let Eric Chafisi and his staff at Triple Nickel do the cooking for you. Visit us at 813 Florida Street in Mandeville or call us at 985-626-9989. The Triple Nickel Grill. Come in hungry, walk out happy. Jim Derry back at McMurray Park here in Sulphur. And the St. Paul's Wolves lead Rummel 5-1 here in the D1 title game. Elwell back on. He throws the curveball to Russo, drills it into center field, right under the glove, the diving Nick Kyle Walker, and it's a base hit. Russo with base hit number two today. He is two for three with a run scored and two RBIs. That is just the fourth hit. The Wolves had, at one point had five runs on two hits. They now have five runs on four hits. So Elwell is in. He has pitched very well since he came in in the third, this third inning of work here in the fifth. And he pitches a strike to Nick Wright, who is grounded out to second. And a hit of RBI fielder's choice in the third. 
And a pitch outside, throw over to first base. Back in time is Russo. St. Paul's trying to tack on to their run total here. Five-hole hitter Nick Wright with Russo at first. A curveball taken. I'm not sure where that missed. I guess high. Pretty good job by the umpires today, got to say. Again, I've been known across the over the years as the pitch is swung on and drilled to left field, but right at Lance Johnson. Hit anywhere else, and that's at the minimum a single, probably more than that. But he goes in the book as an L7, and Russo stays at first base. So they'll bring up Simon. Connor Simon has popped out to second and hit a sacrifice bunt, a squeeze bunt, excuse me, that knocked in a run. Sacrifice bunt is a squeeze bunt. And that, it also had moved right to second at the time. This one popped into the center field. Powers is camped under it, and two quick outs. Just with the doctor order for the Raiders after a leadoff single. So that'll bring up seven-hole hitter Jacob Shearer. Shearer uh, walked, got stranded at second, and grounded out to second in the third inning. And he will bat here with two outs and one on. Bulls five. St. Paul's five, Rummel one here in the bottom of the fifth. The pitch to Shearer is taken on the outside corner for a strike. Mary Kay Holmes wants to know if I've seen any college scouts here. None that I know. I'm sure there probably are, uh, and I know there were Sunday. I saw some Sunday. Today, uh, not as much. Uh, but I, there are a lot of people here today. There very well could be, and I just don't, don't see it, see him. The 0-2 pitch coming here to Shearer, who fouled off the last one and takes this one in the turf. So I would be almost sure there are college scouts here, but I'm telling you, this place, this is probably the most people I've ever seen for New Orleans area teams. Now, I've seen more teams for Lake Charles Lafayette teams uh, here in a championship game, but I don't think I've ever seen more teams when a New Orleans team was playing. We used to cover every game, whether it was our teams or not. We don't do obviously don't do that anymore. The one-two pitch is taken for strike three. Nice job by Hayden Elwell to get out of it after allowing a leadoff single. So for the Wolves, in the bottom of the fifth, they get no runs on one hit. We go to the sixth inning. It's getting late. Here in Sulphur, Division I state championship game, St. Paul's 5, Rummel 1. You're listening to the NOAA.com Prep Game of the Week, special edition. We'll be back in just a moment. I'm not even going to ask the question because you know the answer. Yeah. Where's the best place to take a leak? Yeah, you wouldn't want to ask that question right here because everybody knows Regis Radiator Service is the best place to take a leak. For over 50 years, Regis Radiator Service specializing in not only cars and trucks and a full mechanic shop, but industrial oil field repairs, radiators, oil coolers, heat exchangers, all that. Unless it's Fat Tuesday, of course, because everybody knows there ain't no place to take a leak on Mardi Gras Day. <laughs> That's not how the song goes. Come check out the new location, 1900 Industrial Boulevard, Harvey. Or the old location, which is RegisRadiator.com. Same old website, but I've got to tell you, it's your one-stop shop for car and truck repair. 
So the next time somebody asks you where's the best place to take a leak, best place is the place we've been going to for over 50 years. Regis Radiator Service. Welcome back to Sulphur. Jim Derry here for NOLA.com. The Division One State Championship game. St. Paul's leads Rumble 5-1 as we're about to go to the 6th. Jacob Boudreaux is back out there. He has been magnificent. He has allowed, let's see, he's allowed one run on three hits. He has walked two. No, yeah, he has walked two, and those were back-to-back walks in the second. One of them scored, but other than that, he has been fantastic. He has had one, two, three innings and two innings, and he's allowed one base runner and two other innings. So really, only other than the, other than the second, he's been magnificent. And here to start off the... Uh, we're going to have a pinch hitter here, I believe. It's a pinch hitter to start off the sixth. And it is Kate. Oh, I think it's Kate Rivera wearing a number nine instead of a 25. That's what it is. So I was wrong. Sorry. I was. Why, why in the heck would they pinch hit for Rivera? So Rivera has got 3-0 and on him to start off here. Raiders need base runners, and they're not going to get one here. Line out right into the Glover Russo at, third, at first base. <coughs> so swinging at a 3-0 pitch, and right, and when I say right in the glove, Russo took two steps and reached down, and it landed right into the mitt. It'll bring up Ron Franklin, who struck out and grounded to third. Boudreau. With an off-speed pitch that's outside. 77 pitches. So it was nine pitches for Boudreaux in the first. And then he came back with a 23-pitch second inning. As he's set for the 1-0 pitch here to Franklin. And Franklin takes for a ball. Then he made 12 pitches in the third, 14 in the fourth, and 14 in the fifth. And this will be pitch number seven here in the sixth. And it's low and outside. Ball three again. Three and oh again. He's he's gotten to three balls several times, but other than he's only those two walks. Those two walks in the second. One of them came back to fight him, and we'll see if this one does. Another walk. Three walks in the game. And I'll bring up Kyle Walker, the cleanup hitter for the Raiders, has doubled and was. Caught stealing and lined out to center. He's hit the ball hard. Both his time's up, and they need him to hit it hard here. Again, the Raiders need base runners. And you think if they could just get two or three here, but you're looking at the prospect of facing Connor Simon in the seventh. And Les Boudreaux goes the distance, which he could. And right now, we were talking about it as he throws a strike to Walker. We were talking about it off air amongst uh, my colleagues here on who the player of the game is this. Who's the MVP thus far? David Fulce said was debating between Russo and Boudreaux, and I, saw, I think it's clearly Boudreaux at this point. Now, we still got two innings of baseball to go, but at this point he would be my MVP. And he's got an 0-1 coming here to Walker. It's an all-speed pitch in the turf. And Franklin retreats back to first. But it's been a very, you know, very well-pitched game. When you make, when you get into the sixth and you're at 82 pitches with one out, doing well. Walker with a 1-1 pitch coming his way, 
high and outside, two and one on a fastball. If you look at Russo, and Russo is two for three. He did knock in the game's first two runs. But I still think it's Boudreau. The two-one pitch, three and one, although he's putting himself in danger here. Again, the Raiders just trying to, and Russo's going to come in and chat with his pitcher. I would imagine Mick Nunez is not going to be as patient with Boudreaux at this stage that he might be with Jacob Shearer. But we may or may not find out. Rummel has Ron Franklin on first base with one out and a 3-1 count coming here to Nick Walker who has hit the ball very hard today. And this one's high and it's ball four. And once again, Jacob Boudreaux has consecutive walks. The last time he did it was in the second inning and one run scored. And here comes Mick Nunez. And we'll see what he wants to do, if that's going to be the end of the line or not. If it is, it's been a very good day. And I think it is. He's getting hugs. He got a hug from Kyle Canigliaro. And he's getting high fives from his teammates. And now from Mick Nunez. Gives him a big hug. And that's going to be the end of the day for Jacob Boudreaux. Five-plus innings. Allowed one run. He walked four. Excuse me, he walked five. And he struck out five. And at the moment, he's responsible for Walker at second and Franklin at third. And the crowd gives him a nice hand. And his teammates come out of the dugout to give him a hand. And it's a state championship game. And here comes, you guessed it, Connor Simon. Connor Simon was an enigma on Sunday. I don't get to use that word very often in sports, but that's what he was. He came in in nearly the same spot on Sunday night, except he came in with two outs in the sixth. Immediately struck out the first batter he faced to end the inning against the Brother Martin Crusaders, up four to three. Then he came in in the seventh inning, allowed a walk, a double, and then an intentional walk, up four to three. Nobody, nobody out, bases loaded with a one-run lead in the seventh, and he went... Uh, strikeout looking, strikeout looking, strikeout swinging to end the game. I was thinking when Jacob Shearer asked him about it after the game, he said, that's Connor Simon. He said he, he, it's almost like it's a, it's a sick game to him. Let's, 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 let's get a few people on base, and then we'll strike them out and make it interesting. Guarantee you Mick Nunez does not want to see that here today. Five to one, Simon in. And a five to one lead. So he's got a four run lead this time. Had a one run lead last time. And in fact, you know, there's something I, ne I had failed to mention and never mentioned in my story and didn't even really, it didn't really even hit me until later on because of just the situation uh, that we were in. But St. Paul's batters, uh, St. Paul's pitchers struck out the f their final seven outs Brother Martin's final seven outs came on seven strikeouts. Seven strikeouts. That's, that's crazy. And it was just a fun game. It might be a long time before I ever see a game that good again. So Simon's first pitch with runners on first and second to Chandler Fields. It swung on and missed. An all-speed pitch that dropped into a hole, maybe into the core of the earth. 
0-1. Runners on first and second, one out. Fields up. And a toss over to second base, and back of time easily is Ron Franklin. Franklin on second. Walker on first. Raiders really need to score. You would think at least, at least a couple runs here. Get themselves back in it. Down 5-1. to The 0-1 pitch is swung on and popped over the right side. Does Russo have room? He does not. Bounces just into the aluminum stands on the right side, about four feet past the fence. It'll be an 0-2 pitch coming up here for Fields. Fields has struck out swinging and singled. Simon's 0-2 pitch to Chandler Fields. It is swung on and drilled in the right center field. That could be trouble, and it dive and no catch. And the runners might have to hold because they had to wait to see what was gonna happen, and they do hold. So Vitaly and Nealis were coming together. It looked like Nealis had a beat on it, and then suddenly he put on the brakes. Vitaly came in and dove, got a glove on it, but not enough, couldn't make the out. That's gonna go as a hit. It's a single for Fields. And the bases are juiced. And here we go again. Connor Simon. Bases juiced, one out for the Raiders. Thank you, Chris Hitzman. He's enjoying the game while working at his office. We need way more high school baseball coverage. I wish we could, trust me. Bases loaded, and the first pitch is a strike, and it's a questionable strike. Taken on the outside edge, it was right at the letters and on the edge. It was close, called a strike. The 0-1 from Simon to Cook is taken for a ball, one and one. Tyler Cook today has walked and scored the only run for the Raiders at this point and popped out to center. Once again, bases loaded. People come in and out, so I want to make sure I get the situation. Bases loaded, one out. The 1-1 pitch is high. Ball two. No question the moment of this game, certainly for the Rummel Raiders, and we got time called. I'm not sure what's going on. We got, so, uh, do we have an equipment problem? I don't know if Nealis messed up his glove or, oh, Nealis wanted some sunglasses. Okay, Shadow is now kind of creeping and is about a foot away from home plate, so that could be an issue in the seventh. Rummel. Getting fired up. Fans getting fired up. Really the first time we've really heard from them that loud today. Finally getting into it a little bit. The 2-1 pitch coming from Simon with the bases loaded. It's swung on and missed. 2-2. Two and two. Little heater there. Will we see it again on 2-2? Two two? Walker's pumping his fist over there at second. Come on. Cook, he says. Pitch taken, a questionable strike three, but it's strike three nonetheless, and now there are two outs. That's the same pitch he called for a strike on strike two. He's consistent. Raiders fans don't like it. It doesn't matter. It's out number two. First strikeout for Simon. Sixth of the day for the Wolves. 
and Jackson Dennys, who is Mr. Clutch on the mound, needs to be so for the Raiders here if they want to get back in it. The first pitch taken for a strike. Bases loaded, two outs. St. Paul's leads Rumble 5-1 here in the sixth. Top of the sixth. In Sulphur for the Division I state championship. Can Denny's do it with his bat? He is 0 for 1 today. Walked and struck out, and here he takes a ball. It was 0 for 3 Sunday. If you're a Raiders fan, you're hoping, hey, this is a perfect time for your first hit of the tournament. Connor Simon and the Wolves say, not today. Who wins? One and one. Swung on and missed at a curveball. One and two. Kyle Walker still pumping his fist over there. You got this, he says. Ron Franklin on third. Chandler Fields on first. The one-two pitch with two outs at the top of the sixth is staking for strike three. The ball is dropped. Doesn't matter. Strike three, and the Wolves escape damage again. Oh, goodness. For the Raiders, the Rummel Raiders in the top half of the sixth inning, no runs on one hit and three left. We go to the bottom of the sixth. St. Paul's five and Rummel one. You are listening to the Division I state championship game here on NOLA.com. We'll be right back. Tonight's broadcast is in part sponsored by Mandeville Seafood. Mandeville Seafood has been serving fresh, locally caught seafood on the North Shore since 1996. And our friendly staff is here seven days a week to meet the needs of deep-rooted Southern cravings. Our loyal customers refer to us as one of the metro area's best-kept secrets. So whether you want a nice trout or salmon filet or a pound of bullet shrimp from our market, or maybe an oyster po'boy on fresh French bread or a cup of seafood gumbo from our eatery, or even if you need a catering order for your next party, come see Jerry and Becky at 2020 Highway 59 in Mandeville or call us at 985-624-8552 or visit us on the web at www.mandevilleseafoodmarket.com. You'll become a regular before you can snap the head off that crawfish and you'll make some new friends all at the same time. Mandeville Seafood, fresh seafood, local culture. Jim Derry back here in Sulphur where the St. Paul's Wolves escape damage. Connor Simon comes in, gives up a single to Chandler Fields, but then gets Tyler Cook looking, gets Jackson Dennings looking, and the Raiders leave the bases loaded in the top half of the sixth. There have only been eight base hits in this game. Six runs scored, only eight hits. The line score for the Raiders, one run, four hits, one error. And for St. Paul's, five runs, four hits, and no errors. And coming back in is Elwell. Elwell has made 34 pitches. And I don't think we need to worry about pitches anymore. Pitches, uh, I don't think we need to worry about pitches anymore. Uh, we are in the state championship game, except for just knowing. And for the Wolves here in the bottom half of the sixth, it'll be Canigliaro, Nealis, and back to the top with McLaughlin. Canigliaro has flied out to right, struck out, and here he takes ball one from Hayden Elwell, who came in relief of Matt Villa, who had a rough, rough first inning. The 1-0 pitch. 
is taken high for a ball, 2-0. and Again, thank you for listening out there. Not just today, but if this is your first time listening to us, thanks for listening today. For those of you that have been regulars, as it swung on and drilled in the right center field, will Fields be able to get to it? He cannot. It's over his head and to the wall. And Canigliaro goes to second. He's going to go to third. Fields is going to try to make the throw. And then sliding safely in the third base is Kyle Canigliaro with a leadoff triple here in the bottom of the sixth. Fields made a valiant attempt to get to it. But it was just past the outstretched glove. And we'll have a courtesy runner over there at third base. Let me go to my notes from the other day and see, because I can't see numbers. And I can't see who that is. And we didn't have a courtesy runner the other night. Let's see. I think it is Dotry, but I'm not sure. So anyway, we'll, I'll get it for you in just a minute. Regardless, is a runner on third with nobody out, and Bo Nealis, who was grounded out to short and flied out to right. And he is here with an 0-1 count now against Elwell. And the pitch is taken for a strike. And it is actually, it is Dotrieve. So Brendan Dotrieve is the courtesy runner. And an 0-2 count here on Nealis with nobody out. The pitch is swung on and tapped, and that'll stay foul. It'll be 0-2 again. And uh, pardon me, but uh, in the seventh inning, I'm going to have a few goodbyes to say. Again, not knowing if uh, this will be the last broadcast we ever do here at NOLA.com. I hope it isn't, but it there's a good chance that it is. <clears throat> Swung on and fouled off to the right side. And, you know, if anyone from the Advocate is listening, and even if it's not me, um, even if you, uh, you know, move on and decide that I'm not your right for you, please. As drilled to left field, and that is going to get down, and that is going to drive in Dotrieve. And Bo Nealis is going to stand up with a double at second base, obviously at second base. A stand-up double, and it's an RBI, and it's 6-1. to one. And it gives Connor Simon a little bit more cushion. But going back to what I was saying, if if uh, you guys at the Advocate or anyone's listening and you guys decide for some reason that I'm not a right fit, I hope you guys continue to do this with someone because it is, it is a great service to the community, and it's been well-received. But we'll talk about that at, at some point, I hope. So Nealis doubles in Dotrieve after Canigliaro's triple. And McLaughlin comes up with nobody out and a runner on second in a 6-1 to lead. And Elwell trying to limit the damage and limit the deficit to five. And a swung on and fouled off to the right side, one and one. Again, just a beautiful day here in Sulphur for May. As we've gone on, it's might have warmed up just a little bit and maybe gotten a little bit more humid. But overall, a perfect day for the middle of May. A 1-1 pitch is way outside. You gotta wonder how far Elwell's gonna go here. With the Raiders trailing six to one and they've got three outs left. 
St. Paul's trying to win their first state championship since 1999. The 2 1 pitch is taken outside, 3 and 1. 1999, Mick Nunez was an assistant for Rick Malden, and they honored that 1999 team at the heap way back in, oh, I say way back, it was about a month ago. And 3 1 is taken, ball four. I believe that's the first walk. Is that the first? That is the first walk that Elwell has issued. And he might be tiring just a little bit. And it's going to bring Vitali up to the plate. Nick Vitali is two for two with a run scored. Ron Franklin comes in to say something to Elwell. No visit from Nick Monica. Again, his last game as Rummel coach, baseball coach, before he moves on and concentrates solely on his new gig as the head football coach. Taking over for Jay Roth, who was a little while ago sitting just down a couple rows from me. I don't see him now. So Vitali takes a pitch outside for a ball. Runners on first and second. Again, nobody out. A six-to-one lead for St. Paul's. I hope to add a couple more. The pitch is taken into the turf, two and zero. Oh. And the wind is picking up here in Sulphur, if you can't hear it through my mic. It is blowing out from right to left. So any ball hit the left field is going to be aided. We have not had a home run, I don't believe, in this tournament. Not in Division I. And way up, throw, try to pick off attempt, and that gets thrown into center field. And runners will advance 90 feet, both in a scoring position now. And that's an E1. Second error of the afternoon for Rummel. So an error advances the runners in the scoring position, and the Raiders can ill afford. I mean, they're already in a five-run hole with Connor Simon on the hill. You can do the math from there. I don't need to tell you the obvious. And now we're going to have a mound meeting. After Elwell threw the ball in the, in the center field, he just sunk his head and looked at the turf and shook it. Desperate times coming for these Raiders. After the game here today, we will have a very short uh, post-game show. I will say a couple goodbyes as we finish our season and maybe our whatever here at NOLA.com on the broadcast side of things. And then I got to get down to the field because I'm actually covering this game. So I got to get some quotes down on the field. And I'll so we'll wrap it up in just a few minutes. The pitch here to... Vitali is taken for a ball. He's at 3-0 now. So a 3-0 count on Vitali with runners on second and third. And Duncan on deck. The pitch taken for a strike. Taken all the way. Will he take another one? I don't see a need to, but he might. 3-1. I wouldn't unless it was right down the middle. I mean, unless it wasn't right down the middle. He swings and he doesn't take any. Hits one deep to right. Fields is going to try to get it in. A looping in, and that gets away from Denny's. No, no advancement over there at third base by McLaughlin. But Neela scores, and it's 7-1. Sacrifice fly for Vitali, And the first out of the seventh inning. Sixth inning, excuse me. Bottom of the sixth. 
Seven runs on six hits. No errors for the Wolves. Runner on third base. And now up is William Duncan, who has been hit by a pitch, reached on an error, struck out, and scored twice. And he fouls one off on his first shot. Elwell to come back with the 0-1. Outside, ball one. St. Paul's in a tough district up there in 6-5A. And whenever you're in tough district, just like Rummel is in the Catholic League, the 1-1 pitch is an all-speed pitch that's dribbled over the right sky, trying to score is McLaughlin, and he's tagged out easily. That was not a good decision, whoever made it. That was never going to be a run. So Elwell gets it to Denny's, out one to two, and Duncan reaches on a fielder's choice. Second out of the inning, and Russo, the cleanup hitter, is two for two with two RBIs and a run scored, and in the running for MVP. So if it's not Jacob Boudreau, it's probably going to be Russo. We'll try to stay on long enough to see who it is if we can. 0-1 pitch now with Duncan on first base. Elwell swings, drilled right back to the pitcher. Elwell grabs it, runs it over to first base, flips it to Bertuzzi, and that's three outs. But not before the Wolves get two more, tack on two more insurance runs. And they do it on two extra base hits. We're through six complete here in Sulphur. We're gonna finish it up. We go to the top of the seventh inning. St. Paul seven, Rummel one. You're listening to the Division I state championship game here on NOAA.com. We'll be back in just a moment. Don't go anywhere, folks. What's up with Jimmy kissing his bat like that at the plate? Oh, he used to dip and vape. Yeah, that's his healthy new good luck habit. Whoa, healthy is right. Pass the lip balm. Dipping and vaping contain nicotine, which affects brain development. It can not only hurt your on-field performance, but can also cause long-term health issues. Sport imitates life, so make a change. Go to wellaheadla.com or call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Trying to figure out where to eat? How about the Triple Nickel Grill in Mandeville? Whether you want a freshly made burger, a garden salad, a club sandwich, or seafood, Triple Nickel has it all, including daily homestyle plate specials. We also can cater to your party needs for just about any event you have planned. We take pride in serving our customers with friendly service to make for the best possible experience while dining with us, and everything is prepared to order. We understand we're only here because of you and your loyalty to us. So take the heat out of the kitchen and let Eric Chafisi and his staff at Triple Nickel do the cooking for you. Visit us at 813 Florida Street in Mandeville, or call us at 985-626-9989. The Triple Nickel Grill. Come in hungry, walk out happy. Well, the Rumble Raiders have one last chance here in the seventh inning. But they face a monumental task of going against one of the top closers in the metro area in Connor Simon. And they've got to do it with 8-9-1. Logan Bertusi, Stephen Powers, and Lance Johnson in the first pitch. Sir Bertuzzi is a strike, and you can bet Raiders just trying to get base runners any way they can here because you can't, you can't tie this one up probably without going through. You're going to have to bat around here. And a swing and a miss. Strike two. Quickly in an 0-2 hole is Bertuzzi, who has 
Singled in the only run for the Raiders today and struck out in the fifth. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Swing and a miss. Strikeout, first out. Raiders down to the last two outs. And it'll bring up Stephen Powers, who has grounded out to second and walked. Connor Simon has recorded three outs. They're all via the strikeout. And his first pitch to Powers is taken outside. Ball one. Seeing him walk up the stairs, Mitch Small. Ball two here. Mitch Small at the LHSA has been one of my friends over here and has uh, been a great ambassador for the LHSA. He is, uh, has a lot of duties, but one of his main duties that as far as us in the media and as far as fans can see, strike one taken by Powers, is to announce all the state championships and uh, announced the winners of the trophies and the MVP trophies and the team trophies. It swung on the left field, line drive to Duncan, and it's over his head. That'll be a double at the minimum for Powers. He goes into second. The throw will go into third base. And Stephen Powers has a double and keeping the Raiders' hopes alive. But back to Mitch Small. He is the one that... Announces who wins the trophies and is on the field for all the championships. I heard something a little while ago. It's like something like 750-something state championships he's been on a field or a court or something for throughout his time here at the LHSAA. And that's just amazing. A pitch to, as we go back to the top of the lineup, Lance Johnson. I'm not sure what that noise is. Here, a pitch. It's 2-0. The fans are just getting excited on the other field, or what the heck that is. Okay, that was some artificial noisemakers that are illegal here at McMurray Park, and I would need to hear an announcement over there. 2-0 pitch coming here to Johnson. It's taken for a strike, 2-1. There he is. I'm talking about you right now on the air. <laughs> I'm voting for Boudreau. Yeah. As he comes to take our MVP ballot, I'm going to get a pen and write down Jacob Boudreau's name. That's who I vote for. Yeah, I vote for Boudreau. Can you write? Yeah. Mitch asked me who I'm voting for, and I said Boudreau. Okay. Three and two now to uh, Johnson. Sorry, trying to do a couple things here at one time. Talking about Mitch Small, and he comes over here to ask me who I want to vote for for MVP. The 3-2 pitch, swung on and missed. Strikeout. Out number two when the Raiders are down to the last hope, and it comes in the form of Kate Rivera. Swike, strikeout swinging. Four outs for Simon, all strikeouts. Raiders hoping against hope. Seven to one, they trail it, two outs and a seventh. First pitch to Rivera is a strike. He's struck out, he's flied out to center, and he's lined out to third, uh, first base. The 0-1 pitch is taken for a ball low, almost hit his shoe top as he steps in the, steps in the left-handed batting box. Kate Rivera earlier today got his diploma on the field before the game. The 1-1 pitch coming to him. 
is taken high. He along with Ron Franklin and Chandler Fields and Stephen Powers all got their diplomas on the field before the game. They weren't able to be at their ceremony this evening. 2-1 pitch coming here to Rivera. Swung on and fouled to the screen and the Raiders are down to their final strike. Wolves fans are standing up, cell phones in hand, taking video, trying to record the moment, hoping that the moment is now. Connor Simon, just a sophomore, with a lot of seniors behind him. The 2-2 pitch coming from Connor Simon to Kate Rivera's a curveball, and the umpire can't pull the trigger. That was strike three. Oh my goodness. I don't know where that could have missed. The 3-2 coming from Connor Simon. Is swung on and fouled back again, this time over the screen and out of play. So he's going to get another 3-2 pitch. Runner on second base, two outs. 7-1 St. Paul's. Connor Simon with a 3-2 pitch to Cade Rivera. It's swung on and missed. And congratulations to the St. Paul's Wolves. You are the Division I State Baseball Champion. There's a dog pile out at the mound. They came just short last year. Fell just short to John Curtis losing two to one. Jay Curtis with a solo blast to win it for the Patriots, not this year. It was never really in doubt. Seven to one, St. Paul's defeats Rummel. They scored three in the first, two in the third, and two in the sixth inning to add on insurance. Not that Connor Simon needed any insurance. Kyle Canigliaro hugging Mick Nunez. The senior has been a big part of this team for quite a while as to have several other seniors on these Wolves team. And being here last year, and Jacob Shearer now is gonna lead the, lead the pack to go shake hands with their friends in baby blue and red. And the Rummel Raiders, what a run for them as well. Although they're the four seed, Beaten Catholic on Sunday with Jackson Denny's had to be a big highlight for them. And congratulations to them for making it this far. Speaking of making it this far, I'm gonna have to make my way down to the field in a minute. So before I take off, I wanna say a few thank yous if this is the last time I've ever on the air. First off, and I'm not gonna go into this long laundry list, but I do wanna say thank you to David Gladow for starting this whole thing. Again, if you were listening before, it started on a goof. Five years later, here we are, and we've had almost 400,000 listeners through the five years that we've done this. And, uh, but more recently, besides all my other colleagues, my friends in the, on the North Shore Bureau, Bob Warren, Robert Roden, Kim Chatelaine, I don't know if I could have made it through the last six years without you guys and sitting with you every day. Um, and I love y'all. And uh, I have no greater love at this place than my editor, Jennifer Armstrong, who has uh, backed me at every turn, has had my back, and has done whatever I've needed or wanted or asked to do, pretty much. Um, and she has been there for me. And all my friends down at St. Joe, I appreciate you more than you know. I appreciate uh, my play-by-play -play part, my color 
my color partners throughout the years as I brought you play-by-play. -play. Uh, Jim Rapier, uh, my good friend Jim Rapier, uh, my very, very close friend Nick Saltifamaggio over at Hanville uh, has joined me during the football seasons. Jim's joined me for other sports as well. Uh, Mike Labradat joined me for a season and in a couple other spots. A good friend I've known since my St. Bernard days. And, of course, speaking of St. Bernard, Buddy Turnage, who was here with me on Sunday. Um, and uh, Nelson Stewart did a game, uh, a couple games with me. Uh, Newman coach Nelson Stewart and Joe Chango were country day. Anyone who sat next to me for any length of time, I appreciate you all. But all that said, I couldn't have done any of this without my, the support and the love of my wife, Drea, who has been with me through thick and thin, through layoffs, through fire, being fired, going through this again. And, um, and if it weren't for her, I don't know where I'd be right now. And uh, so my number one thanks goes to Drea Derry and um, my love for my, my three kids, Blair, Ella, and Lucy. And, uh, you know, last but not least, you guys. If you're still listening to this, you're listening because you care. You're listening because you care about prep sports, whether it be someone you know on one of these teams or just because you care about high school sports in general around the metro area. Uh, we couldn't do this without you. We would not have been able to do this at any point without you. Um, and you've been there throughout and listened to broadcast after broadcast, and um, I can't say thank you enough. Uh, as they award the trophy to Mick Nunez, and he goes out, and I, I will stay on long enough to find out who the MVP is, but I'm fairly certain it's Jacob Boudreaux, but we'll, we'll wait and see. But, um, you know, as I'm saying my goodbyes, uh, man, this has been just a blast. And uh, here we go with the MVP. Turn up the crowd, Mike. Outstanding player in Division One, number 18, Jacob it is Jacob Boudreaux who pitched a fantastic game. The starting pitcher made it into the sixth, and then Connor Simon finished it off for him, getting the final uh, four outs today. And make it five outs, and he did it all on strikeouts. So the MVP is Jacob Boudreaux. The St. Paul's Wolves are the champions. And you out there, all the readers, have my deepest um, I am grateful, and, uh, and, and I'll, I'm at a loss for words right now because I'm trying. Uh, I know that as soon as I press that stop button, that's it. But that is it. And I want to uh, thank all the champions that I've been able to, you know, been able to broadcast throughout the years. It's been fun. But it's time to say goodbye, and we will do that. Here at Sulphur today, your final score, once again, St. Paul's Wolves 7, the Rummel Raiders 1. The Wolves win their first state championship since 1999 and their first ever Division I state baseball championship. Once again, for all my friends downtown, from editor Jennifer Armstrong, from my former play-by-play -play partners, and a kudos and love for my wife of 11 years, Andrea Derry. Thank you for all the support, and thank you, the listeners, once again. But for now, we tell you one more time, seven to one, Peace, love, and out. I'm Jim Darryfanola.com. Good afternoon, everybody.